Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 352. I'm here with Lucy. Oh, we could have been like end of the year 360. No, 356. 65. How many years, days in a year? I don't know anymore. Oh, I, one. Yeah, we'll never get that, will we? Mm-hmm. Unless we do a very limited amount of episodes Which next year. We probably. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you never, never, never know. That's true. That's true. Four podcasts will be like out of rupees. Yes. <laughs> Just two update every Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Do we want to do one? Maybe. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, and we're here with Adol. Hey. Uh, it's our end of year show. Ow. We're going to be going through for the next couple of hours all of the games that we have. Well, not all of the games we've enjoyed. We've enjoyed lots of games, but we have picked and curated a uh, a list, uh, potentially a top ten, top set of games that we want to talk about. Uh, as each and every week, we're going to open up some beers. Adol, what are you going to drink? Or uh, which door are you opening to allow the cat to leave? see the cat? <laughs> the door is open. Her. It doesn't matter. But he's still yelling, so who knows? He's <laughs> clearly <laughs> seen now. And the other cat is still in her (gasps) living room because I've been away in Bristol for about a week. Um, So obviously they're they're, uh, acclimatized to each other. Time has been delayed. Mm -hmm. They've been fawning. I mean, Dorian. Well, I mean, he still wanks. That's all he needs. (laughs) He hasn't had balls for like 12, 13 years. Boy, does he still what? wank. What? I don't know anymore. Wait, well, have you not, not told you about top. this? No. I've, I've, I've heard about this. Yet. Forget the games. I need to <laughs> Yeah, so you know how cats, like, make biscuits? Hmm. Yes. Well, Dorian does that with... When, when he does that with all four paws and stares either off into the middle distance or directly at you, such that, like, he's all four paws are kneading and his butt is starting to wiggle... And he's okay. intently viewing you as a person slash object. As he should. As he um, should. That's a signal that he's going to do that for a couple minutes and then stop and then walk a few paces so that he can then self-fillate. Okay. Um, and, like, you know he's having an orgasm because there's a little back... Because he's, like, on kind of his haunches and his back oh. feet go in front and they, there's a shuddering moment and then he goes to sleep. I mean, that's what we all do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm surprised. Oh, Lucy, I will send you a picture. Shall we just Brilliant. come off air now? That's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's no way we can top this with the actual game. So, I'm drinking <laughs> Amundsen's uh, Hobliminal Messages, uh, which is a New England IPA. I'm sure they're really glad that this was the intro to their beer. <laughs> it's 5.3%. Um, uh, it doesn't have any flavor text or indication of what the hops were. Um, but, you know, it's Amundsen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one they've... It's, it's one of their common pails, isn't it? Like, yeah, I just haven't had it in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's always good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. Good beers. Yeah, my time in Bristol was extended by a couple days because I was holed up in a hotel with the flu. Um, Mm. So I did not get to go to the beer shops to get special end of year beers. So I went and got beers. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Yeah. Uh, Lucy, what are you drinking first? I did, however, get 
I guess special. They're common Christmas beers, but the one I'm starting with is St. Bernardus? St. Bernardus. St. Bernardus. Yeah, I want to say Bernardus. Like the shoes or whatever. St. Bernardus. It's a Christmas ale. Um, I believe this one is yes, it's ten percent. Um, yeah, there's there's no real information on the back. So what's in it? Um, other than water and yeast and malts and all that good stuff. But yeah, Saint. Nice. What was the percentage? Ten percent. But that's a it's a common Christmas ale. So hmm. do they do it every year? Think yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nothing special, but yeah, might this be. Is the only time I celebrate Christmas. The hell with Christmas! <laughs> 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 Absolutely screwed. It makes us it makes us feel incredibly special. Um, <laughs> I'm going to drink uh, collaboration beer. Both nice. of my beers, or the beers I got this evening, both collaboration beers. Um, this is uh, again. I did have a little trip to the bottle shop to pick up some beers. And as soon as I saw this, I thought I would pick it up. It's from Newtown Park and Arbor. Hmm. Um, it's called Deep Dive, and it's a 5.5% oyster stout. Uh, of course, I don't know how much support they get now that they've decided they're shutting up shop, at least in their brewery. Potentially, they might be doing other things or looking at other models. Um, so we wish everyone at Newtown Park the best, uh, and hopefully they continue um, continue brewing beer together because their beer is good. Um, oh, bollocks. Smash my phone on the floor. Don't want to do that. Um, and obviously Arbor. Uh, Arbor. Excellent at what they do. Uh, there is a bit of flavour text with this. Uh, brewed with our friends from Arbor. We base this beer on Arbor's legendary oyster stout. Mm. Liam, the oyster bar, shucked three dozen fresh oysters on brew day, which were added, shells and all, to the boil mm. to impart salinity and minerality to the beer. Pouring a deep dark brown with a robust tan head. The roasted barley provides a nutty, earthy character, which is balanced by the salinity of the oysters. It has a smooth, creamy mouthfeel with a slight bitterness and umami finish. Uh, it's got fugal and brownling cross hops in it. Does it give me anything else? No, it does not. Uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, it's got mollusks in it, so it's not I a mean, vegan beer. No. Um, <laughs> you can't drink it if you're allergic to, to shellfish, um, but I'm going to get this one cracked. And we'll roll back round to you, Adol. Sure. It looks like a pale. Uh, it's nice and oh, hazy, yeah. though. Um, yeah, very hazy. It's a bit yellowier than in person, so it's a bit more deep mm-hmm. orange, like an amber straw. The less straw, more ambery yes. orange. Um, uh-huh. I mean, oh. Nice tropical, think like passion fruit, and then light sweet citrus, like almost mm-hmm. tangerine, maybe a little pulled back on the sweetness. Um, maybe a bit of lemon. As well, just a gorgeous smelling beer. Nice. Um, you you never find an Amundsen which doesn't smell excellent. That is very true. Just thinking, like, oh, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, like they all do. Um, yeah. Most of that carries through. I've got a lovely, um, bit more maltiness than. Um, then the taste or the, the nose would have um, maybe oh, betrayed. But not much. It's mostly, most of the taste is coming from the hops. 
I'm getting a lot more bittering though from it. So really light maltiness. Um, and um, to be honest, the, the tropical citrus is the main taste. It just it has this undercurrent of almost generic bitter, I want to say. There's nothing like no specific bitter, just some bittering. Um, come on in. Okay, go downstairs. Like you're having all the fun. I'm glad you guys me. can clearly hear him. I can see you both laughing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really solid example. I would say more of a... Uh, more closer to a pale ale than a Nipa. It just doesn't quite have that punchiness on the bitter that you might um, okay. expect. Yeah. Hi, you figured it out. <laughs> but it has that fruitiness. Yeah, well, more, um, I, yeah. That's more what I like, associate with Nipa more so, the fruitiness. More yeah. The bitterness, yeah. Yeah, it's got a light lingering bitterness, more of the fruitiness. And like I said, the hop, the, there's just enough malts to make you feel like it's a beer, but not not as much as it could be in either a Nipa or an IPA, but that means it's okay. incredibly drinkable. Nice. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and what I like about the bitter um, is that it lingers longer. It's not very strong, but as the fruitiness and that citrus fade, you've got a bitterness sort of stays. So you, it has a long, longer finish. It's just not all the notes. So mm -hmm. if you were looking for more of that bittering, you could just like take a longer break between yeah. sips, and it would still sort of sate that um, need. And if you didn't, down the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> nice, perfect. Uh, Lucy. We'll oh. move on swiftly to you. Yeah, the Saint Bernie. Saint Saint Bernie. <laughs> there should be a saint named after Bernie Mac. Just <laughs> absolutely like. should. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's got it's got all the uh, Christmas aromas like um, oh dark chocolate, a bit of coffee, a bit of clove, mm. Mm -hmm. a bit of star anise, you know. All yeah. the nice spices associated with Christmas, but um, those beer, it's, it's probably a, I think it's dark brown. Probably looks a bit black on camera, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's sort of quite a big head, but I don't know if that'll pour. But <laughs> yeah, the spices carry over. I think the star anise more so, the clove especially. Um, it's quite. It's not hoppy at all. It's it's quite smooth. It's quite mm. not delicate because it's. I mean, it's ten percent, but um, it it's it's got a nice smooth, you know, mouthfeel. It's but yeah, you're picking up on those like dark malts. Definitely spice. It's easier than it should be. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I think at the end of the taste, you're getting a bit more of that dark chocolate. I think that's just what brings it all around at the end. Mm. Like that kind of malty, you know, homely, uh, really nice dark chocolate, like kind of like, you know, chestnuts roast by fire kind of feeling, you know what I mean? Maybe mm. a little bit nutty now that I've said that, but um, mm. yeah, that's really nice. I mean, um, is this Belgian? I, I imagine it's Belgian because. They love their Christmas beers, so. But yeah, it's everything that you that embodies that kind of like 
Christmassy seasonal spirit in in a beer. Um, Perfect. Yeah, it's really yeah Belgium. Um, it's it's really good. It's really good, but that ten percent is just completely nice though. So. Mm-hmm. I I think you get that kind of warming from the spices yeah. more so than the alcohol, and that could potentially be dangerous. <laughs> just like <laughs> feeling good, nice. feeling spicy, but and then the alcohol just creeps up slowly at the end. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. really nice. To be fair. Good. Yeah. good, good. Um, so we don't absolutely down these drinks i'll talk about mine quickly so we can move on to our games um uh, like yours lucy there is a little hint of uh, brown to this beer mm-hmm. but it will look black on camera i imagine uh, a little bit of a slightly brown but mostly white sort of head which is dissipated really quickly poured quite you know an inch uh, or sort of maybe two fingers sort of thick when i poured the beer but dissipated as i say quite quickly very light nose hmm it is that sort of sticky molasses sort of smell that you Not get. Not to be disparaging, that's sort of what I expect from you. Right. Because their beers, they sort of remind me of like Bristol Brew Factory. That it, it, it seems kind of adjunctive, kind of, there's just this taste. Hmm. I don't want to talk too badly of them, especially their current situation. Terrible. Like, I've been to their tap room and it was a really nice, fun place. Yeah, absolutely. So yep. It's awful. <laughs> it's like, but to be a critic, not that I, you know, smoking, you know, blowing smoke up my ass, but it's just like, yeah, there was just something about their beers that I feel that, obviously, Arbor have been around for a lot longer and Left Handed Giant. It just felt something sort of unnatural about them okay. i don't know i don't know just like t- t- maybe too many added flavors yeah to the, to the beers yeah. okay yeah. not enough, not that... enough beer to to sort of push yes. with with a, a small addition it was more mm-hmm. this is this beer will taste like x mm. yeah and even though yeah. two year, two weeks ago i said like, oh my beer tastes like it's licorice mm. and i think that was because it was a you know a take on a snickers bar so they wanted to get that flavour across. It just yep. feels like some beers that have that kind of like overly licorice kind of taste feel like they sometimes have have pushed a bit too much in the additives kind of. Mm, okay, it. but that's maybe fair. that's unfair of me, but that's the vibe I always got from mm. Park. And maybe I'm part of the problem because I I, <laughs> I I I felt that and I didn't pick up their beers. That's fair. And maybe I'm part of the problem, even though I've been to their tap room. Would have I mean, again there's, when I'm there's definitely a conversation yeah. about saturation, like market saturation and things like that. I think mm-hmm. uh, we'll potentially get into in the in the new year because it wasn't yeah. just those guys that um, had to either close or change their model last week. I think yeah. four yeah. Uh, um, that I know of um, closed up. So, but we'll talk about that in the new year. Um, for today, this this beer. It's nice, but I, I know exactly what you mean. And, and what you're describing is is this beer. Um, I'm not getting much stout. So there's not a huge amount of roasted notes. Uh, um, there's not any sort of chocolate or coffee in there that I'm picking out. It is much more earthy. Hmm. Uh, um, and they do very much, I think, said on there that there was an earthy character to it. It's a little nutty. Some of that is coming through slightly. But it is that slightly more... Very, uh, you know, this is like two-year-old licorice. It's not that big, strong licorice kind of flavor. It is that sort of molasses, slightly smoked 
sort of uh, uh, character to it. Uh, I like the mouthfeel a lot more than I like the flavour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's lovely and smooth. It's it's really really creamy, and it's. You wouldn't get something like I wouldn't have thought that when it looked so oily in the in the glass. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. It, it, it it's not it. sort of oily. It's more, but again, it's not on that kind of more foamy kind of. It's not sort of towards the Guinness kind of end of that it's sort of thing. Like sort of a Munson down there. No, it's not a Munson. It's it's not like that thick. Dessert kind of stout level, but it's definitely got a little viscosity to it, which just adds to uh, um, to sort of going. This is a, it's it's not a big bit; it's only five odd percent, uh, five and a half percent. But it feels like it should be bigger because that mouthfeel is there and it's doing a lot of the work, which is great. But it is a big flavour to start off with. It is just that big kind of molasses sort of, yeah, uh, um, little hint of maybe older, not so much licorice. Um, and it, and it goes into an earthiness which doesn't come across with a big bit of finish. There is a little bit of finish on the end, but it's only very slight. Uh, it might come out more, as I, I don't know whether it was caught on uh, our intro, uh, but I am a couple of beers uh, uh, in one of which being a slightly bigger um, stout as well. It was a, a little while ago, an hour or so ago, so I, guess, I don't think that's going to be lingering too much. But... Um, no, I had a uh, Imperial Brown Ale, Kodiak, from Full Circle Brew, um, oh, which was really good, really nice. Uh, go check that out. But, you know, the St. Bernie's. St. <laughs> 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 Bernie's is, uh, yeah, it, it's still, you know, it doesn't eclipse that, basically. Sure. So, yeah. Cool. So we will drink these. I, I think they will all go back pretty swiftly. Oh. Um, so, Lucy, we're, we're going to start with you. I know you've got some honourable mentions before we launch into our uh, top games of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, just wanted to mention some games that I had like, good time with, but probably didn't think about them after mm-hmm. I played them. But I, I think they're worth checking out. Um, for anyone who's listening, this is our game of the year. Um, uh, Grapple Dog, uh, a musical story. Elekhead, which came out last mm. year, but I played it this year on Steam. It's a very good puzzle, so uh, caveat. Um, strange, hort- strange horticulture. Uh, the small, probably the smallest game on my list that probably nobody's ever heard of, and probably I, I mentioned it on the podcast, but easy to miss this one in the fall. But it's very good for people who like grappling, like grapple dog, but mm. like a sort of like action platformer um it's called raven's high so go look at that um nice betrayal at club low which i wanted to speak about on the podcast is the dice based rpg so maybe we'll talk about that in a slot mm. if we ever get free yeah, but um as dust falls which won an award at the game Awards, it's like okay um i enjoyed my time with it but cool yeah, um, it, I mean, it came out to like tens, nines and tens in, in yeah. reviews when it released. Yeah, I just thought it was a good uh, David Cage esque without all David Cage bullshit. Um, right, fair. Yeah, um, immortality? Question mark. Mileage may vary. There are some <laughs> very good things about that game, but that's the Sam Barlow one. Yeah. Yes. Did you ever start on? 
Mobile or whatever it is. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I was going to start out on mobile because I was looking for a mobile game, and you said, mm -hmm. eee, control scheme is probably better suited to mouse. Yeah. 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 I, I think it has one of the most. Uh, it's something that just engages you, but at the end of the day, the story just kind of falls apart for me. Okay. But, um, it has one of the most interesting takes on, not takes in, in terms of like the message trying to convey in a mechanical sense. Mm, right. Um, takes on like film and movie. So check it out if you can. Um, the Excavation of Hobbs Barrow, which is a point of click adventure. Mm. Yeah. Domekeeper, which is sort of like a forward power defense game. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to mention the ones that probably just didn't make the cut in my top 10, but probably games that I enjoyed. And I did think about it after the fact. They just probably would have been like number eleven, um, and that's Return to Monkey Island. Right. Um, it was. Just... I'm just gonna say one thing about Return to Monkey Island. The reason it's not on my top ten is because it was just too easy a game. The game is not for me. Okay. It's for right. people who were coming into probably coming into that point and click genre. And I love the game's ending, which I'm not going to spoil, but it's basically telling fans, old fans like me, and That's fans good. who are even older than me who played, you know, the first game in the 80s and stuff like that, like, stop holding on to the past, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nothing's oh, going to recapture this this excitement, <laughs> this this passion for you. You'll never have this feeling again. Yeah, and I'm I'm like that in general. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> with every experience, Scott. Yeah. Yes, it's like if a it's game, all diminishing if a sequel, returns. Yes, if a sequel doesn't hit the same heights, I'm like, cool, okay, at least you tried. Whatever, move on yep. with my life. There's so many more experiences, and mm. obviously, people who love that franchise obviously got upset. <laughs> it's just like, of course, but um, yeah, it's a shame that it hit my top ten because of that reason. But I kind mm -hmm. of like that. It's like. I'm okay to leave it behind. I think some people should just do that also. But anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, and in that sense, uh, a game called Lucy Dream, which I spoke about on the podcast, mm. is another point-and-click adventure, which did all the things that I wanted to uh, return to Monkey Island. Yes. And it's like, that's another message of Return to Monkey Island. If you just only think about the games that made you feel happy back then, you're going to mm. miss all the good stuff that came out recently. Mm. And that was mm. one of the examples. But I digress. Um, Stacklands, which I talked about two weeks ago. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Very good. I think this might hit a deal up thingy, so I might skip over that. I'm going to skip over it. Do you want to okay. drop the name in the chat and we'll find out? Uh, Donatella might be in it. Yeah. It's boring of turtles. Anyway, Stray? <laughs> Is that on anybody's? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. I thought that might be the point. P definitely isn't. That's a Netflix only game. Oh yeah, which is the the platforming game from the uh, guy who did uh, Dinewell. Yeah, and that's very good. And a game that I haven't finished. This is the last one, so I won't draw on anymore. Which is Proteus, which is a Doom like, which I discovered a few weeks ago. It's on Game Pass. Okay, and it's like. Doom that never looked like Doom, but plays like Doom. <laughs> it's like so much more visually exciting in like 3D and Ooh. play that because I completely missed it and I don't know how I came across it and I was like, 
I think I looked at it on Steam, and because I, I have a plugin that says this is on Game Pass, mm. right? I was like, oh, is it? <laughs> so I downloaded it on Game Pass, and it, it's very good. Nice. So yeah, P R O D E U S. So I think that might have, if I had finished that, that might have come top. Okay. To be honest. Okay. So yeah, but nice. yeah, that, that's my honorable wrench. Thank you. Wicked. Oh, no, no worries. So, uh, 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 I, <laughs> I will double check. Adol, did you have any uh, honorable mentions? Yes, I have one. To... Ooh, it's okay. called Loop Hero. I talked a bunch about it. Ah, uh, yeah. I haven't got round to that. I own it on Epic Games and get round to it. Uh, honorable mention. Just, just a quick round of honorable mention. Why? Um, it why? didn't quite make the top oh, ten. I thought that was your honorable. Mention. No. Yeah. I thought it was like, are you mispronouncing? Ease the, the, the JRPG. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, to be honest, I was my top ten's weird this year, but I thought about I spent more time with Loop Hero than some other games, but it was outshone by another game on the list that's very right. similar, and um, it's yeah, it took time, but then I didn't go back to it, and I didn't yeah. think a lot about it. Yeah, and that's why okay. it's like number eleven. I think that's a differentiation, isn't it? Like even the games we didn't finish, it's the ones that we thought about and wanted to go back to. Yeah, like, all the time. I think that's where it and just sticks in your mind for whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Some some of the games on my top ten are games I haven't finished. Um, games that are still kind of in development as well, um, which they, they they just stuck with me that little yeah. bit more than some of the games that I have finished. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will kick off, I suppose, with my, my yeah. number 10. Um, I will caveat this in saying that the, my, my kind of 5 to 10 are pretty interchangeable based on sort of whatever mood I'm kind of in. Um, I'll say that for me as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think realistically, uh, my then numbers 5 to 2 are also pretty interchangeable based on how I'm feeling. It's, it's, I'll also say yeah. that. <laughs> There's maybe one that's really stuck out for yeah, me, which yeah. might be a little bit different to everybody else's. But um, uh, my number ten is Tunic. Uh, oh, okay, I thought one of you would mention it. That's why I didn't put in honourable mention. Yeah, but... yeah, very competent little game. That's a couple of issues with it, but overall, it's a very good package. Uh, um, it does a lot of really cool stuff with the manual and uh, how that game kind of progresses is really fun um, and it's overall a good adventure game with a very bad ending um, or at least a very infuriating ending mm. yeah it doesn't stick with landing at all and that's why it didn't hit my honorable mention yeah or my top 10 i'll just say that no that's fair but- and I, I think it's it's enough for me that i could put it down and go, right, I don't need to get the like 100% completion ending. I don't need sort of what I would imagine is the like the, the, the full-on ending ending. You've done everything. Here you go. Because I had such a good time with the game as I mm. played through. And the idea that there was that that switch when you'd sort of played through a bit and done some stuff and kind of re... Oh, no, hang on. Um, I won't get into spoilers just in case people kind of, you know, want, want to experience it. Want to play it. your honorable um, mention. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, uh, I had a, a really good time with it. Through, it doesn't stick the landing, as you said, Lucy. But I think 
a lot of the uh, um, the gameplay up to that point this was 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 so very very good. Yeah, yeah, like the accessibility options that helped me mm. through mm. just to beat the game is very nice. And as you say, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, do you even watch um, uh, Gamers Toolkit? What is it? The Game Makers Toolkit. Game Makers Toolkit. Yeah. Mm. yeah. If there was a short list. There's one that's definitely for me, which is on my top ten, which should win the best mechanic and most innovative mechanic in a game this year. It's what Tunic does. Right. <laughs> and that's where I'll give that game its prop. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, overall package um, just doesn't quite stick up. No, that's fair. Um, I've watched nice. very, very good. Uh, we'll roll around in my kind of circle at all. Uh, I'll come to you for your number 10. Uh, my number 10 is um, a game that didn't really stick the landing, but I did go back and I thought a lot about. Uh, mm. And that was uh, Umarangi Generation, the photo game oh. in the oh, like yeah. revolutionary... I've been wanting to play that. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, this is kind of it where it's like, it's not smashing anything out of the park, but it was unique and uh, playing through and getting more ways of um being artistic with the photos um was both annoying as a photographer knowing a camera can do these things but also a, a nice loop that is what drew me back to me like how how much yeah. of the stuff that I, that I was wanting to do can i do mm-hmm. we should have played pokemon snap on stream this year yeah that apparently really infuriated you yeah um so yeah it's it's like it the unlockables make it much more like actually being able to do stuff on cameras yeah. And the setting being these like sort of vignette, almost like four room dioramas, like, you know, a small space, but you can walk around and it's got height differences. So you can actually plan and like try and take um, shots from different angles and really mm. do not just the checklist straightforwardly. But if you just wanted mm-hmm. to play the game and see the spaces, you could just take the pictures at once but like really i had fun planning shots uh my stream was really fun and i um yeah it, it was just a very unique game in the sense that it really did feel like i could be my photographer self in the game world versus like photo mode where you like basically pause everything that's going on and then move a camera that's disembodied anywhere you want and get photos kind of exactly how you would want them but you could never do in the real world which is great in fantastic fantasy worlds to be able to capture things and this was like no no, you are a tethered body you are a photographer and so you can only do so much and it it did replicate that really well and i thought a lot about it um afterwards and i spoke to people about it so that's why it made the list even though it's like technically not for everyone i would say but definitely worth I'm trying, and it's a Game Pass game, so, like, hard to say no. It's, it's yeah. being on the top of my, like, Game Pass list. I, I, yeah. Cool. Great. Nice. Um, we'll roll through quite quickly, I think, with our top five, or our bottom fives. Lucy, number ten. Yeah, uh, quick one. It's the case of the Golden Idol. Ah. Um, it's the closest thing that's done the Oberdin kind of, uh, you know, uh, cryptic kind of logic puzzle mm. um it's it's got art that might put people off just like in the screenshots but trust me just dive in mm-hmm. it's it's the art pays off it, it it's weird and twisted enough 
and it matches with this kind of this story that lasts 25 years <laughs> i think it's like over the space mm. of like you know um that kind of time frame and yeah it's just one that just it's great mechanically it's it's very it's one of the best detective games where you're actually you're given like the the, the nouns and the verbs and stuff like that but piecing it together is all you um mm, right and even doing so is set over like probably like 10 12 different vignettes but at the end it it all comes together this story it's all telling this story and like you need to use a, a, like the final you know vignette piecing everything together over this 25 year saga you're using your prior knowledge and the clues and everything you figured out from those previous vignettes and it's it's just so satisfying just putting everything together and just figuring out this weird effed up story mm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just yeah it's it, it it's the best thing that we've come close to in, since uh return of the overdin so nice yeah yeah and yeah. it's only like 10 pounds it's just like just go just go buy it, buy it. yeah yeah good uh we'll roll into number nines uh mine is marvel snap uh i'm <laughs> still playing snapped. it uh i have a little bit it's it, it came at a very good time for me mm. and it's you know being on mobile being very accessible being a two to three minute kind of game suits me very much in my current situation you know trying to bop a baby to sleep i'm trying to help evelyn do some stuff and having a couple of minute break before she wants your attention again uh, uh it, it just sits very well for me at the moment um, it's yeah. pulled me away from things like Pokemon Go, uh, um, you know, anything else that I was kind of looking at on on mobile as well. Uh, huh. Yes, I gave it a it, bad rap when you first thought about it. it was like, seems like a perfectly competent video game. Oh, it, oh it's it absolutely, absolutely a competent video game. It's got some issues, and I have some a, a few of the problems around progression and maybe kind of what they've done a little since with a couple of the updates and and a little bit of progression as well. Um, I can see and how people it, get pulled into it. Like, yes, yeah, yeah especially because yeah, it's, it, it's uh, a competent. Yeah, it's a, Marvel. Yeah, specifically, well, specifically yeah, X Men. Yeah, definitely, yeah, but yeah. The, 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 definitely, the, the Marvel. I see. Yeah, yeah and it, see, yeah. it's a competent little uh, um, kind of card game. Um, so that is just draws you, just pulls you along just a little bit, mm. and you get that little bit of a dopamine hit by going, "Oh, cool! I've." I've, I've unlocked some points so I can do this and now I've got a new card cool how does that new card mm. fit into these different decks currently I've got 10 different decks all doing different very different themes. kinds of things yeah that's um, what I like about the game too uh, it's my number 9 <laughs> hey <laughs> um, it would have been my number 9 but I got into a much better strategy game mm. <laughs> yeah so I mean I won't add much except to say I, I, I like that it's quick I don't play mobile games that often, but I haven't deleted it, and I've re I've opened mm. it several times since my first burst, um, and played enough that like more um, different strategies are coming up, and um, yeah, I like the fact that almost immediately you can go for a couple different basic strategies, so you aren't stuck in the same grind a deck for a while, and then then like oh I now have enough cards to try this thing, like it's actually reasonably strategic off the bat it's just when the initial push of getting free like in the, the free cards dries up it becomes not as fun because i actually like being able to try different decks and have stuff yes yeah it, it does so you're that saying thing it's better than magic 
Yeah, I mean, I haven't actually played Magic in months because the economy of Arena is garbage, and my friends who played in person um, are either not in the country anymore, or on the wrong side of this country. Yes, uh, as me. Um, but also, I think I didn't realize when Snap came out, but it's made by the same guy who made Hearthstone. Oh, is it? Before he left, and then that right. game started to be. Yeah, it makes a lot makes more sense. sense on why it like, immediately grabs you in a way that's like, how mm. come all these other games? I was like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, nice. It's, it's honestly what slows it down is the fact that it slows down because they want you to eventually pay money. And it, that's very yeah. clearly what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, Lucy, number nine for mm -hmm. you. Uh, yeah, it's Pentiment. Um, we Ooh. haven't had the opportunity of talking about it on the podcast mm. yet. I think that's because, like, I mean, it'll just benefit so much more from, like, you lot playing it. And I think yeah. you'll get around to playing it. It's, it's um, to be honest, 9 and 10 were like, what am I going to battle it out over between mm. my, these and my honorable mentions? But Pentiment is one that I've gone back and thought about just because, as I said, like, game makers toolkit, if there's anything that should win, like, innovation of the year mm. it's the uh like the the dialogue system in pentiment because mm. there's no voice acting it's all you know written dialogue but the difference is with the written dialogue it's all different script and different types of writing and you get the characters like kind of social status and uh like confidence and literacy all in the way the script is or, mm. or like their age or what mm. kind of background they come from like if they work in the monasteries like sort of gothic death if they're working on a farm and they're not very literate it's this very sloppy kind of hard to make out writing and i get that way why that would be a issue for you know in terms of like accessibility and there are accessibility options in the game but Sometimes it's just like I can barely read this, but that's that's what makes that game what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like this person lives on a farm and cleans up pig shit, but it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, but everybody in that game has a voice, and everybody has like this kind of. It doesn't matter where they are in the village or in the monastery or or wherever they are in the bakery and in the in the smithy. It's like everyone has a voice, and it's just all seeing these kind of everybody's different voice in this kind of very small village in like six i think it's 1600 um austria mm. and it's and it's it's just a like kind of small kind of uh you know this telenovela almost <laughs> set in austria <laughs> just like everybody's issues and who's sleeping with whom and who's what's going on but it's it, it's it's framed in a very relatable manner where mm. God, these people have the same issues that we had. Like, we had a plague, <laughs> and everyone was right. stupid during this plague. And, like, religion just plays an interesting part in people's lives still. Mm. It's like, and I, the game has a message, but it's not a hit you over the head message. Like, this is what I think about, you know, religion, sexuality, this and that, and just like society and how things are run different kinds of um economic structures but it's just like it, it, it obviously games have messages games are political obviously 
and this, Always. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And is it Josh Sawyer who wrote this game? He, you know, it's like if anyone's played, um, it's Obsidian, um, yeah. you know, New Vegas and anything like that. And gosh, what is it? The um, is it Pillars of Eternity is what they, is that what they do? Um, uh, yes, and the yeah. second one maybe. Yeah, yeah. Dead it's fine. like you know, you you can you can get the politics and the you know the, the opinions of this person, but it's not like. It also gives room to, for people to like, like, okay, we're not batting you over the head with it. This is our clear stance, but it's just so much more nuanced than that. Um, it's just a really good narrative game. You know mm. what I mean? It's, it, I wouldn't call it unlike like the level of like Kentucky Route Zero or anything like mm-hmm. that. Right. I think it's just well written. I think it's the fact that I'm talking more about the story of that game and not talking about the murder mystery, which is kind of like what that game is about. Mm. Um, it's testament to to its quality, and I, I think it's brilliant. Um, and it's all, you know, portraying this like medieval manuscript kind of mm. uh, nice art nice. style. It's really good. It's really good. good. Go play it. Go play it. Perfect. Perfect. That's a, that's a very very quick summary of your little thoughts on them, um, which is great to get as well as why it's in this list as we haven't talked about it. Um, one game I've talked about at length, and we'll just mention uh, as my number eight is Planet Zoo. Mm. Um, I, I started that game this year. I hadn't played it previously. It's, it's I, you know, based on like a couple of DLCs. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy this. Um, it's great. It, it's such a good time-wasting game. You can stick it on and just be like, I've got an hour to do nothing. Cool. Let's house some penguins and just get really into building a penguin habitat or you know something for some giraffes and just be like cool this is amazing and then just like start to construct buildings and viewing platforms and all of this kind of stuff and it's like ah it's like it's the gamification of my job i enjoy my job so i enjoy it when it comes with this extra hit mm. i've been like cool look at how happy these penguins are at this thing that i've made for them uh so yeah planet zoo is my number eight uh adult my your number eight, number eight. Mm. is gordian quest Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, It was it's a deck building RPG um, that I streamed in June, I think. That had uh, that has updated quite a bit since. Uh, It has it has a like a good story that you can kind of take different paths through, and it really does feel like um, you know. Kind of feels like uh, if you've ever done tabletop RPGs, like someone who's like new to DMing and like is just following the path of mm-hmm. the book, the manual, right? Um, so, but the manual's well written, so that's fine. Um, but there's enough RNG and like turn-based combat that it and um, gear upgrading and like party mechanics, and you can kind of it. Um, the, it does the beginning of the game really well, where you can kind of choose which path you go to that will get you party members of a certain type it kind of gives you enough foreshadowing so you're like ah, i'll go this way so that i can get that person and then it, and then when you go the other way it like conveniently makes that a plot point that you don't get the other person and like little things like yeah. that really good but honestly it's just it was just really satisfying straightforward combat like you know it's basically like a few rows um, where you always come in from the left, the enemies always come from the right, but it's enough abilities and stuff that matter whether you're attacking from behind or your attacks go can go through people, etc., that you can 
and some of the cards will allow you to move enemies or players around and so some of the rng like the deck building part is like hoping you like either like making a very dynamic deck so that you can have enough cards that will move people around so that the big attacks will hit the things you want but they will be fewer and farther between or just like beefier people and like less movement uh, but you know medium-sized attacks like there's a lot of different mm -hmm. strategy even in the first i would say 12 hours of the game that you can kind of develop mm. different approaches and try different things and it has the flexibility of upgrading cards isn't so big that if you change tactics you're going to get screwed so you're not like locked into a deck archetype so it just does nice. that type of thing really well and scratched the slay the spire itch mm. um while yeah. being unique enough that i wasn't like ah you know i'll just go back to slay the spire it was a different sort of take uh and i'm a sucker for these sort of i mean i mean deck that's games. a high praise uh, slay the spire very good yeah. Uh, yeah i mean i think slay the spire is a better game overall mm -hmm. and actually what i haven't done is there's just that fan-based slay the spire dlc that's a bunch of people like that got released on their main channel it's supposed to be really good um haven't checked that out but um if you are interested in this type of thing and want more plot because slay the spire doesn't really have it this is like really mm -hmm. good yeah. what kind of yeah. kept me on this was that i was interested in the story again it's not mm. like amazing innovative novel storytelling it's just good storytelling that you would want from this type of thing it's just basically it's doing all those things really well um and the grid and movement around is unique enough in this type of game that it's it that's enough like it's doing the card the deck building and upgrading well it, it's doing the narrative interestingly enough and it's got unique enough mechanics um that it'll scratch the all those itches nice um, Lucy, your number eight, then please. I mean, just go listen to any podcast Adam Thomas was on last year. <laughs> Power Wash Simulator. Um, <laughs> it's everything you'd say it'd be. It's like just just showering me in good water. Foam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very therapeutic. It's like mm. instead of paying for therapy, I'm not a doctor. Just play <laughs> because you can just turn off your brain and just play it. And I, I can't wait for the DLC, whatever they're gonna bring out. It's just, it's just so soothing and relaxing. And what I liked most about it, though, is probably the fact that I think it's made by British developers, but it's just this st stupid story. I mean, when you're getting these jobs just to power wash things, pay attention to it. Because mm. there's this ongoing like story and saga, and <laughs> I I'm not gonna spoil it, but it just made me laugh. Like the last four missions, because you get like a set of campaign missions. I think there's probably about twenty. But, like mm. the last four, I was just in tears, just like what was happening, and the fact that you're just doing these otherworldly things, and very apocalyptic kind of stuff happening. And you're just still there, just there in your costume, power washing these walls. It's just so, it's like Monty Python Earth. It's brilliant. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, go play it. I think when Adam played it, it was still in early access at that point, maybe on PC. I can't remember. But um, the story that they have in it is just, it's so stupid. It's so joyful. Mm, just nice. And it's, it's great. Just go play um, Have you. Uh, uh, as a very quick aside, have you played Visceral Cleanup Detail? 
No, it's been on my wish right. list for ages. But that it's that kind of vibe, like you're yeah. you're cleaning up guts. Not mm. literally in power washing, but you you're still just cleaning up dirt for anyone's a bit, you know, squeamish. But it has that kind of same subverted nonsense story where it's mm. like, Oh yeah, I'm just sweeping up guts that the xenomorph just mm. devoured, you know what I mean? It has that kind of thing. But just a bit more well, less less gory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Good. So number sevens. Um Mine is a game which is I think still in development. It's not fully released yet. It's Darkest Dungeon Two. Ooh. Um Darkest Dungeon, I think the the year that I played it, it's almost like a Hades situation, right? Played yeah. it in early access. And I'm like, this game's quite good. It features kind of, you know, in the bottom five of my top ten of the year. And then when everyone plays it the next year on full release, they're like, this is the best game ever fucking made. Um, <laughs> Darkest Dungeon had a similar vibe. Darkest Dungeon 2 is doing a lot of really good things. Um, the change from when I first played it to now, it's not significant in changing the gameplay, but it's tightened so many things up. It's added mm, so yeah. much more detail. It's changed a few of the menus and how some of the upgrading systems work. That it, everything just feels really tight on this game. Uh, and I've returned to it several times over the last couple of weeks when I've had, like, I, you know, I know that I can just play for 15 minutes and it has a really good autosave feature. So actually, it doesn't matter where I am on a run, it will just save at that point. It's not going to roll me back to the start of a, a, a run or something like that. Um, it's, it's getting progressively more. Uh, um, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Not roguelike. So whilst right. you do, whilst you do a run, and all of your characters die, and you go and you do go back to the start, and there are things that are left over, like upgrades and those kinds of things. It also maintains uh, like items and a few kind of other things as well. That. I would kind of expect, and I can't remember whether it was in the original build of this, whether it was like, no, it's a new run now, don't worry about it. Some of the stuff, like upgrades, have remained. Like, more stuff seems to be like, oh no, you're going to carry all of these things through. There's more decision-making yeah. that you've got to make. That really cool item that you liked from that previous run, yes, you've still got that, it's great, but it's taking up space. You're on a higher run now. Do you want to get rid of it for the chance of being able to get sort of other uh, items and equipment and things like that? So... Yeah, I, it's a really great package, uh, um, and it's probably something again that I'll talk about next year. Yeah, when yeah. it's fully released, um, I will just open up uh, Epic just to double check that it is still in early access. It hasn't. I haven't been playing like the final version. Um, although I know it's not the final version because a, a, again, a couple of days ago there were things on it that said. Uh, like still to come feature feature still to be implemented sort of thing so um i don't want to launch it that's not what i want to do uh where are my games i don't know how epic works really In no one does of, yeah darkest dungeon but i know where to scroll down to get the free games every i mean that's all i know this yeah. summer yeah. holiday absolutely summer winter um, holiday well summer if you're in australia but the, um having a <laughs> christmas each Christmas now, I'm like, you give away like 16 free games. So that's mm. where I'm at. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Right I, have, yeah, I don't think I've um, touched 
Epic Games. It was Sable at one point. It's every Thursday usually, but today it's every it, day. Yeah. Uh, it's every day at the moment, so, yeah. About four yeah. o'clock for us in the UK, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Anything um, good? If I missed something magic? I mean, no. Sable, Ben loves that. I already own it. Or wait, do I own it or did I Game Pass it? It was Game Pass, yeah. Sable game, was game Pass. pass. But I think that's left Game Pass. Yeah. Orphan- oh, today yeah. it's Wolfenstein the New Order, which is oh. real good. Yep. Not as good as the sequel. Absolutely. And I'm glad we'll never get a third version of that. <laughs> holy hell. Uh, uh, what was it? The New Colossus is a flipping fantastic game. Uh, that was... that was Go back a few years. Was it 2017? Yeah. That was, that was on my top. Well, the Epic I Game Launcher is just spinning its wheels for me <laughs> it'll come up soon you've got um, till four o'clock but it is uh it is still in early access so uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about darkest Dungeon 2 a little bit more next year out of whilst epic games is spinning mm. uh, let us know what your number seven is please uh well it's it's the probably the most well, one of the most mainstream games on my list uh it's Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga, because I okay. literally got my fix and then came back to it a couple times, and that was my criteria. Um, it does all the Lego stuff well. Um, I like Is the hub world. Is that all the Lego games? Sorry? Sorry, I'm, I'm completely lost on this. Is it all the Lego games that have been... No, it's like Lego a remaster of episodes one through nine. It's not, it's not just like... It's not like they just cobble together the old... Is it, it's, it's a remaster of one to six, well, not, and a, a, a seven to nine new, or were they actually released? Oh, now I now mean, you've asked Star me Wars question. films. Are... <laughs> what? And hand, so they made hand, a Lego Solo's film. No, so so Lego Star Wars. So the, the last three Star Wars films are that Skywalker and Rogue One. Yeah, so they so made a Lego game for each of those. No, they made a they made a Lego Star Skywalker. The Skywalker saga. You don't even know what you're saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> it it's Lego matter. and it's it Star doesn't Wars. It's Lego Which is good Wars, good enough. I mean, basically... That makes sense for you. <laughs> we get white school. Yeah, it's just fine. Yeah. Um, it... It's like saying I had a Metroidvania as my number seven. It's yeah. like, no, duh. Of course. <laughs> oh, wait, I think I've got this wrong. The Complete Saga is the one that came out in 2015. It's... I'm tired. Uh, now I have to figure out which what the fuck this game is called. <laughs> My number seven's Into the Breach. Oh, Let's talk oh you about went back to it. Deal. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's, nice. <laughs> it's, on, it's on Netflix, and I've got back into it in a very serious way. It's one of those, along with my number five, Vampire Survivors, which we'll all talk about, where I've just been like, I don't want to play a game. I'll just play Into the Breach or Vampire Survivors. As you said several years ago, I think it was 2017 that yeah, came out, which is kind of nuts. Um, it's fantastic, and I don't know what they've added specifically, because I didn't get too into it in 2017. I understood the the fact that it was a very good game back then, but like this year, it's just... Oh, it, that is probably one of the best tactics games oh, I, it's I, a tactics. I personally played. It's because mm, it's a puzzle nice. game with tactics yeah, mechanics, yeah. right? I I love that game. I, you bugs. reminded me I should put it on my phone and it might replace all of the Marvel snapping. <laughs> yeah, um, get rid of it, man. Get rid of it. Into the breach, especially on a tablet. It's it's incredible. I, don't I bought it on Steam just because I could. So oh, it's yeah. like I want to give those 
developers money because I don't play Fortnite. But screw that. Um, um, I said a yeah. bad. It's Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, which is so they only made a Force Awakens game. They didn't make a Last Jedi one, and then they made right. this one. But uh, this one yeah, is. I think they cancelled it even. Yeah, yeah, this one is all nine games adapted. Yeah. Um, and it's a. Uh, you go in order of from the start of a trilogy. So there's three trilogies. You have to, you can start any of the three trilogies, but then you don't you have you can't just like go to episode nine or episode five. You'd have to work your way through. But um, that's rubbish. That's you know what's fine. Like a rock raiders. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but I really like the way they did. They made the open world hub areas, and then had sort of small regular Lego game um, levels spin off of those it just made it a an interesting spin on the lego thing without it not feeling like a lego game and which mm. is why i came back because i'm actually kind of star wars burnt out but i just like lego oh, games anyway check me out in like 1996 but um i was ahead of the curve on that <laughs> you, you, but, before you you were you were like before this they announced the rubbish enough yeah yeah this is like enough you know the what prequels was like fervent up to the max, and I was just like, nah. Yeah, you. St- I mean, the prequel started okay in '99, right? These are okay. You watched like the the you the know the spin off show. I love the, that the Star Wars Christmas that. special, and you're like, this and is I'm, this can never yeah. be topped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Latara and uh, what's this? Tivo and Bagara and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch that. That's. <laughs> Legitimately better than any other stuff. Oh man, it's all on Disney as well. You can go and watch like the no. animated show on Disney. Yeah, on all Disney right. Plus. Disney Plus. Uh, I'm just gonna hang up. Um, been lovely. <laughs> Thank you for 2022. <laughs> really? Oh my god. It's all. It's your whole day tomorrow. It's just it's sort. Of, yeah. <laughs> After RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, of, of course. Honey. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into number sixes lucy you just did your number seven didn't you yeah um, and, and and my number yeah sorry number six vampire yeah. spiders is my number six well, right, vampire spiders your number six okay yeah um i'll talk about that maybe a couple away yeah. um Music. my yeah, number fun. six yeah, my, <laughs> my number six is dying like two hmm. uh a, a game which i put down really quickly but actually when i came back to it it held me and I'm like, yes, this is actually really good. And I don't know how many patches it had been, whether it changed a few things, whether it was that DLC, just being a bit more invested mm. in the story. You know, it, the, the, my, one of my biggest gripes with Dying Light 2 is like, here's the story, here's mm. four billion things that you can do. Whereas when the DLC came out, it's like, here's a story, do this, cool. Get to a point and you need to then progress slightly. And I'm like, cool, I'll go and do the main story stuff. I'll go and do some of these side bits I, I, and progress through. Right, now I'm in... Here, I can continue with the DLC stuff. Brilliant. And it's interesting, it's well-written, um, and it focuses that game so much more than the original release of Dying Light 2 uh, mm. did. That's so interesting. Wholly, wholly redeemed by its DLC, yeah, which I don't remember nuts. the name of, uh, like Family Ties or Bloody <laughs> Families or something like that. I think that's the first, um, though, where, where yeah. the DLC has swung somebody, because I was about to say, Ben, mm. I think your top five is probably the land of the forgotten games amongst Elden Ring. Um, <laughs> but more than absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> but that's cool, though, like, for it to swing that round. 
Yeah, that's really DLC. good. That's exactly yeah. what you want, especially out of like a yes. failed yeah. AAA game. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely quotation marks on, on failed. I, I, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, talking about like the zeitgeist notion of failed rather yes. than the... Yeah, 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 yeah. completely. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the other game you'll talk about failed but sold like 12 million copies you know? which other game am i going to talk about um uh, we'll get One to that, that later might have, uh, dinosaurs on Ro- robot like, ones um yeah. at all number six uh what is number six? Oh, it's that that game that lucy mentioned with the cat in it stray stray oh okay I, I mean, I, I, I liked it. I liked Stray. Uh, the why, my one problem with Stray is I liked the first third way more than the last couple, but it still right. worked to the end. Just wasn't what I was expecting. And to be honest, the the novelty of catting about done so well mm. made it memorable. Um, not just because everyone was talking about it. Like I, I took a break. Right, I didn't finish it right off the first bet, uh, but ended up finishing it. Um, and it was good. It's good. Start to finish. Turn yeah. tip. All cat. Great. Nice. I, I think that's all you can say. It's good. Yeah. And yeah. if you're a cat person, which it's I'm, still I am good. apparently more than I used to be, <laughs> yeah. you're a double cat person. Mm. But um, yeah, I still even think that it's just good. Yep. Good. Absolutely. I like that one. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. Um, Lucy, your number five. No, number six. Sorry, number six. That's Vampire Survivor. Should we swing back around? Yeah. I think that's it. We yes, let's swing back around. Okay, so Vampire Survivors was Lucy's number six. So I think we're back to a deal. (laughs) So now it will be my number five. But let's open some beers Mm. and then maybe spend a couple of minutes talking about a a couple of previous games that we've discussed. Such a good host. <laughs> Just forget um, about these things. Who started drinking first? Adol, Lucy, or me? I don't remember, I but I'm going to open up a yeah. beer. Uh, I've got a collaboration from New Bristol Brewery and Fallen Acorn. It's one of their um, sort of winter collaboration beers. Um, Lucy, put your hand up. Oh, you're off. Nope. Um, <laughs> get this. Well, for everyone else, mm. is the salted caramel popcorn stout. It's nine point five percent. So I think it's one of the larger uh, collaboration beers that they did. Um, tiny bit of flavour text: dreamy toffee and caramel notes, complemented with the addition of popped corn, adding a delicious salty dimension to this creamy and indulgent stout. No nuts. Uh, its hops are East Kent Goldings. Did I have Goldings in the in the previous beer? Are we getting to no uh, Fugel and Brownling Cross? But again, uh, UK hops. Mm. Uh, interestingly, um, but I will get this one cracked. Uh, Lucy, you've just uh, you're back. Um, salted caramel popcorn stout. I've got from New Bristol and Fallen Acorn Brewery. Uh, Adol, what have you mm. got? I've got uh, the Mile Maker. An oat pale ale from our friends in. Where am I? Why can't I see this? <laughs> Wild beer. It's getting old. Wild. Oh, another, you know. Mm, yeah. Another one that's closing down, yeah. That's why I picked it. Um, yeah, so it's also got a QR code that supports the West Coast, Southwest Coast path. Um, it's like, oh, you guys were. 
Doing it right. Mm. Mm. So the mile marker oat pale ale, New England style pale ale with an oat heavy grain bill and a vibrant hop nose thanks to lashings of Citra and Simcoe. Pale straw in color with a luscious hazy appearance and low carbonation rounding out the palate, making it smooth and drinkable without being cloying. Uh, yeah. So 4.5% uh, wild beer oat pale ale. And to be honest, what struck me about it was like, you don't often see the oats being yelled about in the pale ale category. It's more of like, oh, we've smuggled oats in because they're probably cheaper. <laughs> so to be like, this yeah, is oat yeah. forward makes me super curious. Yeah, and that's nice. Yep. Perfect. Uh, Lucy, what are you drinking? Uh, yeah, it's another Christmas brew from another Belgian uh, brewery uh, from Dubuisson. Uh, it says uh, established in nineteen, no, sorry, seventeen nine sixty nine. Ooh, sixty nine, and it's called Bush de Noel. Um, Twelve percent. Um, the That's strongest. Noel Edmonds related. <laughs> we all relate that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's called. What are we doing now? At this very second. I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> Trimming his called... <laughs> fucking bush, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this is labelled as the strongest Christmas Belgian beer. The strongest? I... Yeah, it's 12%, so I right. very much uh, believe it. Um, I'm not going to bother trying to translate the French. I think there's something in English. Beer brewed exclusively for the Christmas period. Ingredients: mm. water drawn from beneath the brewery. Interesting. Nice. Um, barley, malt, sugar, hops, and yeast. That's it, really. Okay. Yeah, another Christmas beer. Mm, yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be interesting if it came out and it was, you know, water drawn from beneath uh, the brewery. Malt grown in the monastery fields, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be really interesting yeah. if these beers actually tell you where they will come from. One of the, one of the things that whilst you, you jumped out, I mentioned, and um, was the, the beer I've got has got, um, East Kent Golding as the hops. Uh, and the previous beer again had UK varietals in, uh, it'd be interesting to see what that mix of hops and, and sort of malts and things are now where people are getting their ingredients from. Because I know some yeah. of the big things on some of the breweries are the increase in ingredient costs, uh, um, which I would imagine has had an impact from uh, Brexit. But yeah, we'll talk about all of that yeah. in, in, in mean, another episode. I love English hops. Like, you know, make more old English style. Ye olde, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Okay, just milds. Milds for days. Yeah. yeah. Um, They're good. Right. This has got a lovely nose. It is very, like, do they say what kind of sweet and salty popcorn? What do they say? Because it's 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 very it's very sweet. So toffee and caramel. Um, it's very sweet on the nose, um, but there is that touch, little touch of something a little bit more savoury. Hmm. Again, a lovely smooth beer. Um, it is much darker than the, the the previous one. When I got it up to to the lights, it is just solid block of yeah. black. Um, that's an interesting flavour. 
you get that roasted toffee straight away. You get a little bit of a sweeter caramel in there as well. You get that kind of... It's the flavour of, like, popped corn without anything on. That kind of almost, like, nothingness. But just, the, you know, like, popcorn takes on those flavours so mm. much that there's that slight bit of salt in there as well, which just sits at the top. And you're like, yes, you can, you can absolutely tell that the, the, the toffee and the caramel are kind of those flavours that have been absorbed, but actually that salt is just stuck onto that popcorn. It's surrounding it, and you take it in, it just accentuates every other flavour that's in this. There's a slightly kind of like bready feel to it, only very, very slightly. Um, that's so smooth. It's a, I think the combination of flavours, because you've got that saltiness, it's not a, oh, this is a nice sweet caramel, a little bit of a burnt sort of toffee kind of flavour. I can just drink and drink and drink. That saltiness sort of actually makes you step away from this. And that saltiness lingers. So a lot of those flavours stick around quite a lot. It's not dry. Actually, saying that, it's incredibly dry, but it doesn't feel dry. I think that's part of the viscous, sort of much more full-bodied nature of this bit. Um, This is incredibly well made. But I will say that I don't think it's going to be to everyone's tastes. (laughs) Um, But it, it, it is to mine. Good, good. We'll come to your beer. Mm. The uh, the 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 wild. Yes, it's got a lovely citrusy um, nose, and like true to form, the oats like there's no like maltiness on the nose. Hmm, it's like. Quite lemony, um, probably from the citra hops. Um, mm. But you're getting a bit of that thickness from the oats. So even though it's four point five percent, just feels a bit more, a bit thicker than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Still quite wet, but just sort of clings a bit. Um, it's entirely the wrong time of day for this. It's like. So light and citrusy and kind of airy that it's like, oh, right after this, I'm going to like step outside into this like brisk wintry afternoon that I clearly picked this beer for. <laughs> um, it's for a summer's walk mm, down along the coast. I mean, I didn't really order these appropriately, I guess, but I picked this just because it was wild. <laughs> Um, not sure. because it was... Yeah, I mean, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, but it is definitely like a... To be honest, the, the, I also did the classic thing of like, look at this brisk, cold tin art. It'll be fine at yeah. night. And it's like, yeah. no, it's the West Coast path that they're raising money for. Um, Yerp, it's good. It's a good beer. It's very drinkable. I, I'm going to have to watch how fast I drink it. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into Luckily, I will say the um, the um, oat gives it just enough thickness that it feels like it might be heavier than it is. Okay. So it's quite it's drinkable. It feels it's punching a bit above its weight in the sense of it feels like it 
like you're like, oh yeah, I'm drinking a beer because it just got oh, that that oat backbone is just giving it a bit more body. Mm, mm, okay. So nice. hopefully that means I won't pound back this four percent beer and be like, hey guys, uh, I'm just gonna go downstairs <laughs> on beer three. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fine if you need. Uh, Lucy, we'll come yeah. to you then. Yeah. For the strongest bush. of Belgian Christmas beers. Yeah. My bush is um definitely like more ruby in color, <laughs> like like crazily so. Yeah. Like it's not even brown; it's ruby colored. It probably could yes, be brown, yeah. you know, but... You do get but that I'm little not... hint of red in in, in yeah. that, even on the camera. Yeah. Mm. I'm not. I'm not getting too much from the aroma though. Just what you want from your bush. I'm gonna stop. Anyway. I mean, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just not a lot. Not nearly as much as the spice on the uh, last beer. Yeah, hardly anything. I'm getting, getting a little bit of malt, maybe a little bit of um, dark, dark berries, but not a lot. Hmm. I mean, you cannot tell that's twelve at all. Whatsoever, you'd probably think that's maybe like a double at most, maybe like okay. 8%, percent. But even then, you you'd be like, yeah, even like down. even like seven and a half, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's the maltiness carries over. I think the fruitiness it, it tastes more like a a very not weak in a sense of like it's it's got less punch or anything like that but weak in terms of abv uh barley wine like it's got those okay. kind of like dark red and fruit flavors to it mm. out of barley wine in ages yeah to... but yeah it's absolutely giving me that like kind of feel to it mm-hmm. like raisins and dark berries dark like i guess <sighs> not raspberry probably something a bit darker than that um but yeah, it's it, it's it's really nice. It's I think the like kind of lack of aroma put me off slightly, but in terms of the taste, I think the subtlety of it is probably just as nice as my last beer, mm. um, because that was just like so over the top. Not over the top in a bad way. Like more, just more in your face with like spice and let's say clove, star and all those Christmas flavors. But this is just so perfect in its subtlety nice where it's like i guess you're still getting that like that kind of raisin kind of um uh what's that cake that's like raisiny and fruit cake like conical oh uh panettone i guess no that's not conical really mm. but, um, cylindrical yeah I wouldn't say it's like Jamaican. It's not raisin. Yeah, it's not raisin. That's just like rum. It has more alcohol punch. Sure. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, you're absolutely getting like dark fruit flavors, and yeah, it's 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 a nice but dangerous subtle kind of flavor. I can see. Mm. Belgians must be fucked up this time. (laughs) I swear to God, like oh god, (laughs) drinking what I had before in this, and just thinking, oh yeah, (laughs) you know. Having a seven percent beer or whatever, you know. 
end up on the floor. All everyone gets for Christmas is just like, <laughs> napkins or something because everyone's so fucked. They're like, what? Well, uh, this, this, we'll buy this. For yeah. It's kind of insane. I can that see this that. This is the strongest Belgian beer, but it's, it's still so subtle. And mm. just a nice bit of maltiness and fruitiness. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Good. Perfect. Perfect. Um, let's then jump into our top fives. Um, I might say a. Uh, I'm going to break protocol because mm. we've already talked about my number five and number four. So my number five is Stray, mm. and oh. my number four is Vampire Survivors. Uh, Can I, okay, is Vampire Survivors a bit higher on a deals? It is a bit higher on mine. Okay, okay that's okay. fine. Let's so uh, uh, give it its minute of. You. I, yes, we will. We'll, we'll, we'll I mean, talk I'm about also size. fine with talking about it now, and then just like we skipped over Ben on Stray, we can skip over my three. Sorry, my above and the list. <laughs> no, we'll come I'm back okay to it. I will just. I will say. I, I will say with Stray. I, I echo your thoughts. Um, it was. It's. It's great to cat about. Um, <laughs> I. I think it was maybe not the first third versus the second two thirds for me. It was more. I think maybe even the first three quarters that I, because I played it quite quickly, I was like, right. yes, bam, 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 uh, uh, and got through it really fast. So it felt like quite a short game, quite a short experience, but it wasn't. It, it must have been about eight to ten hours, something like that. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just completely misremembering. But no, the, one, the one thing I disliked uh, was the ending. Mm. Um, and no reconciliation um really? which is yeah i like that because yeah, that's sort of like what a cat would do be like yeah, yeah, yeah. sick of you like, i mean i just want to go back to, of, to look your bubble yes i mean <laughs> I, I, I i wanted i wanted something i wanted something that's but it, it kind of, i think i think it, that's... Lent, it lent more towards the you think this has also happened with your companion but did it other stuff might be you know there's a it's kind of I just. I think that's a where they bit... categorize the cat that he actually cares. But that what I liked is that he actually doesn't. Yeah. You know, he's just like. <laughs> See ya. Just I mean, the me. sky. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I think that's sort of the problem. I I mean, like the biggest problem I had was that it sort of shoehorns the cat into being a hero and not a cat. Like yeah. the narrative but makes isn't the that cat just like the perfect thing. He's like, oh yeah. I like humanity. I'm helping you, and you're just like, here you go, you assholes. I'm off. You're not <laughs> yeah. gonna feed me anymore. It wasn't doing it. You wasn't fan. doing it for you. I yeah. just wanted to get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I think I, I, I get, I get the dissonance that Ben's talking about. I guess I get it from both sides, but yeah, in my own warped view, the cat was just like whatever, <laughs> bitches. Um, let's roll through quickly. Out of number five, uh, my number five. Is Wordle slash Loodle slash Absurdle slash all the other ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I still play them all today. Everything I, I stopped Wordle and Loodle. They were, they were the ones I consistently played for months and months and months. Uh, and then I did like Absurdle and I did try Octurtle at one point. I I was playing that turtle like over and over today while I was watching the Um And yeah. they really did today. work. Um, uh, for a, a lot longer than I thought. It was great. Um, t and just, yeah. Uh, they, again, came back. I'm glad you put that on. Talked a lot about them. They were very much the beginning of the year. 
Mm. Um, I think I may have played a bit of Wordle in the end of last year. I can't remember, but definitely the spinoffs all came out in January or afterwards. And like I said, I mean, Loodle was one of the amazing things. My opening word in Wordle has always been boner. And then I one day, I played Loodle and I was like day three and I just typed boner and I'm like, yep, you got it. I'm like, fuck yeah, I got it. Got it in one, motherfucker. <laughs> Retire champion of this dumb game. When you get that in Wordle, it's oh. like ecstasy. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who uses the same starting word and then. I don't. I hate that. Because the Wordle starting word that they suggest, I think the best thing is out of Wordle is Wordlebot, which computes all your oh. stats and stuff like that against other people. Gross. Oh, like, the one much. that they. That, that Wordle always uses. No, when you beat that robot, when it's like, I got it in two, and the robot got him in, like, four, and he's like, you're so lucky. It's like, no, you're just crap <laughs> robots. <laughs> I'm better than you, AI. He's like, let's um, play chess. Don't worry about this. I'll let's be play. like, well, I, I beat Wordle, no problem. Let's play Go. <laughs> but it's just, yeah. but it's, it, 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 it is very satisfying, but I think the statistics out of that is quite interesting. Right. But it always starts with the word slate. Really, and oh. and slate was the winning word like three days ago when we were recording. Oh. Mm. Screw you, Wordlebot. <laughs> when I got it in like five, screw you. Well, I got it in like two, but I have a anyway, so, sorry. Well, yeah, what I was going to say is, I have a friend who um had I can't remember what the word is, but they always started with the same word, and then people were like just don't like. It's more fun, Switch and so they up. didn't. It is, and and mm. they stopped and. Two or three days into them doing that, it was the fucking starting word, and they didn't get it because they were using some other word. Because everyone's like, "Why would you use the same word?" But yeah, it's funner. Yeah. It's funner that way. You're not meant to optimize word all these things. So that's actually why I stopped playing those, was because there was too much chat about that, and like it was, it was now interfering. Like my, what I liked about it was, I know boners an okay word, and I am twelve, so. I'm fine with using boner every day because now I'm starting Wordle chuckling to myself because I'm 12. Um, and then all the all the talk about the ideal like thing and like yeah. people posting on Facebook, all that shit is like, this was fine for like two weeks and now it's like making this the less. Meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a break from this uh, and then yeah. it, I never went back but it doesn't mean I didn't spend a lot of time and like and actually really cool conversations with people on like I know through Facebook groups that I don't really interact with that like we chatted about Wordle and like it was cool to talk about the meta but ultimately that was the undoing for me but I still think yeah. solid mm-hmm. zeitgeisty maybe but it was just really like it was a proper chunk of my gaming this year and it really did no, no. Work. I'm glad you mentioned it because, like, it's still as a New York Times, you know, I did the crossword. Yeah, it's just something I do every day, and like even the spin-offs. It's like when I open Chrome, all of that's there for me. Like when I start my work day, it's like, okay, do this, that, uh, uh, not a turtle, wordle, or quirtle, or world, world, yeah, world, oh yeah, world. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I just do them all. It's, it's a nice start to your day. It's like just yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned it. I, I didn't even think of that. So thank you. Nice, nice. Uh, Lucy, what's your number five? Neon white. Uh, ah. Which, um, the story is awful. Just words cannot describe. Um, <laughs> it's, 
I mean, it's not because it's anime, but it's really bad anime. Like, bottom tier. Really bad. Like, like Dragon Ball Z bad? I've never watched it, but it's worse than that. Um, <laughs> it just absolutely is. It's awful. The writing is so bad, and this came from... What's this disappointing? It came from the same person who made Donut K, which is mm. a bit meme but it's, I found it funny overall. Yeah. But, yeah. um, it's... It is... I can't tell you how woeful it is. Mm. And for the fact that it got on my number five, shows mm. you how good the gameplay is. Because it's the worst writing I've probably seen in a game for a very long time. Ooh, wow. Um, it, it, you know, it, if I went onto Steam and just went anime titties, I would just be like, this is the sort of narrative and story Ooh. that would be in that kind of game. And it'd be like, yeah, fine. I paid 99 pence for this. And I wrote that I was very sad in the Steam review, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. As <laughs> a game like this, and just like. It's it's very disappointing, but it, but you can skip over it, which I did. Right. And it's like there's nothing for me here. Mm. I'm gonna skip it, and even though you, you still have to press skip, 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 which is mm. kind of annoying. You can, you can, you mm-hmm. don't have to read any of that crap. But the gameplay is very good. It's like probably the um, best example of like first person parkour that I've seen. Mm. Um, that's... Like Mirror's Edgy, yeah. Mirror's Edgy. I couldn't play the first one because of like motion sickness, but mm-hmm. the second one had like um, uh, was it Mirror's Edge? I can't remember what the sequel was called. Catalyst, um, Cataclysm, Cat. I think something like that. Yeah, that, uh, I was able Catalyst. to play the second one. Yeah, because there was a bit more, a few more settings, and it's like this is really cool and like mm. something what I'd love to like about Dying Light, for example. But mm-hmm. it's just. It's it's way more fast paced. There's no well, there is a story, but it's like told in intermissions between very quick, fast paced, uh, arcade esque levels, and it, it. I was obsessed with it for several months. It's just it's it, it's very good. <laughs> mm. And I was playing on Steam Deck, um, probably because my you know my bigger monitor, my bigger setup, did make me. Uh, motion sick mm. um, but yeah I, I just remember like adding a ton of people on like giant bombs message board it's like let's just be friends and play <laughs> against each other and that's probably what broke it for me when I was like oh yeah I'm really good and I was like oh yeah I'm okay and it's like oh I'm terrible <laughs> but then I realised like okay yeah these people play on mouse and, mouse and keyboard but it still feels so good like on a, on a control nice. pad and it's just so fast paced, and mm. I, I, I really can't wait until you, you lot eventually get around to it because oh, yeah, it's, it's really on my list. Love it. mm. To be fair, half of your um, your top ten is on is like the mm. top of my list of things I've been meaning to touch this year. It's just one of those where it's like sometimes you know that we're gonna click with the same game, but it's just yeah, you won't get around to it now. But when we like into the breach, like yeah, you know. This was my year for it, so yeah. Neon Wing is just oh, it's so so good. Nice. It, it's just so snappy, so mm. colourful, so the music's great. It's just yeah, it's 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 an arcade experience that you, you reckon to something like sort of like Space Harrier, not quite the same perspective or something okay. like that, but that just gives you that same feeling of just 
fast-paced, I'm a badass shooting things, you know? Amazing. Nice. Nice. Cool. So, we'll roll around to number four. Uh, as I mentioned, mine is Vampire Survivors, and we will return to that momentarily. Adol, what was your number four? My number four was um, another game I streamed, uh, The Life and Suffering of Sir Bronte. Ah, this is a really interesting game. It is. I have to remind myself. Um, it's like a. It's very much a narrative-based game. Uh, I had it up on Steam. I wanted to reread the um thingy. Nope, it's gonna yell at me. God damn it, Steam. Um, <laughs> I played that in February. Um, yeah. So it. I really like the art style. It's sort of like ink. Um, ink drawn. Like book slates, um, plates almost, and it's mm. a narrative-driven RPG um, set in like a world that is very class-based and uh, specifically religion-based. Um, and you can you sort of start the world being like, do I believe in fate, etc. Um, and um, you kind of go down paths of. You start at the end of your life, and you know there's a war coming at some point, like a big war that you participate in, and that's like a thing that's landmark in your life. But that's all. But then you you go and like you're talking about your life to someone essentially, and then you go back to your youth and you re, and you walk through the game knowing that this event will happen, but not really knowing your role. And it's really well done, such that you can like your stuff in your childhood can really affect things yeah. and you can set you it up where you can have the choices you never know what the choices will do in the long run like how they will shape the mm. paths but you have a few attributes that are initially shaped by your like do i believe in fate etc but you can set it up where it's like hey um when the choices come up it will tell you what the what will happen to your certain stats or your like affinity with your relationship with certain people and so when I streamed it, I um, turned those on because it was just like, I only have a couple hours, a couple few hours. Uh, we want to know what this works like. I did restart it um, with that hmm. off. And if if I would thoroughly recommend playing it blind, like hardcore mode, because it, it, there's no like right path. And mm-hmm. the narrative is so well done and it's so tightly written that the like I think it's I, the ideal is is just... Make the so like pick the type of person you are, and then make the choices that person would do, and then see what mm. happens and see where the story goes because they've written it so well throughout that like that's all you need. Um, and again, there isn't like a right path or anything, and so it's replayable in the sense of you could play it as the like I believe in in nothing, but I'm gonna just pretend to be blind to the faith because that'll get me to a point in power, or you could be like just like I'm believe in god but i am like not willing to do political stuff like there's multiple different angles within those first set of choices that like it's super interesting and like again it's it's well done and like having played it for a few hours with seeing how the affinities with people and your own stats get affected by choices in the background mm-hmm. i it, it it's doing the thing so it's worth just like sitting there and like okay so how do I, what do i want to be do i want to be uh a person guided by the world who or a person who thinks they're guided by the world or a person who rejects that 
but also is a people pleaser or blah, blah, blah. There's three or four yeah. vectors immediately that you can shape what you think it is. And then when you hit these choice points, you actually stop and like, okay, so what would I do versus what I want to do? And by not having those like optimal, those possible, like reading the stat changes, you won't get lured into not doing what you think the character you've chosen would do. Because you're like, ah, but it would be really handy if I didn't piss off my dad. It's like, you're like, ah, well, I'm going to do this. Oh, it pissed off my dad, right? Like, it, 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 and that's what the strength of the game is, is pissing off your dad, is what I'm saying. Excellent. No, I remember you talking about this. I had to remind myself of the uh, title. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's I mean, a... obviously, it's way more in-depth narratively than Gordian Quest. But, mm. um, you know, I think you'd like it just when you're talking about that. I think you'd like uh, Obsidian's Pentiment. <laughs> oh, it's near um, the top of my list. It's 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 very much that, and um, like you know, Pentiment probably where I may not play. Uh, what is it, Sir Brante? Mm. I would play Pentiment because it's a uh, RPG in drag because they're not completely showing all of their RPG systems up front. Mm, it's very mm -hmm. much a narrative adventure game. Right. Um, and But the RPG layers are so ingrained and so deep and it's like you don't realise that until, you know, You're something in. pops up. Yeah, something pops up and it's like, you made these decisions so you can only do this or this is the decision that you'll make and it's just so, in it's so incredibly vast in that sense. That you don't understand. I'm not trying to take, you know, uh, you know, the 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 light away from um, San Bronte, but oh, I mean, from what I've read, just... Pendiment is like there's a reason why it's near the top of my list. Unfortunately, I, I described mm -hmm. it to someone who now wants to play it through with me. Um, Do which, it, man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but, I, but I'm, yeah. which means I won't be playing it yeah. over the holidays. Yeah, right. whenever you get around to it, I mean, games are evergreen, you know, like, yeah. especially this, it's like 1500, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, um, yeah, it, everything that you described to me, as I say, not to, you know. Oh, I think it sounds like they're very different so. types of narrative games. I think it's so similar, though. It's like, where religion and philosophy and stuff oh, so, like so, that. Oh, so I think, is much more of a story of a person in a world. Yes. Well, Pentiment seems to be uh, the world matters and who you you interact with more people potentially is what I've gathered. But I I will report uh, back. I when think I play so, it. but I yes, I think so. But you are setting out your character traits of the central character. You do play over several acts, and it's, yeah, they're very similar. As I say, like Pentiment's number nine on my list. Mm. And Rante's, you know, very high in yours. I think just narrative experiences, if you want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. No, um, but I'd be remiss to say, go play. Um, oh my god, the name's gone from me. Uh, right. Game that I got from you, from you, Ben. Sugar. I was gonna say it two seconds ago. Several games. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. Move on, move on, move on. Okay, okay. I'll, well, I'll it, it, we're, we're talking now about your number four. Oh, well, screw that game. But I'm just... Hold on, I really want to find the... Let me take... Yeah, go on. 
Da, 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 da. Fill, it, fill it with whatever you like. I will fill it. Do you know what I'm going to fill it with? Uh, I'm going to fill it with, uh, adult, a game for you mm. uh, that released uh, a few days ago, Duelist 2. Duelist 2? I, I remember Road you really Warden. enjoyed... Oh, Road, Road Warden. Warden. Yes, we haven't talked about that. Yes, I've, I, I'm, being I, chased, I, I've been chased for coverage on that game. Oh, are um, you? I'll play it more in the near. Because <laughs> it's one of those very reedy games. And mm. I, I've started it, and it's very in-depth, like, you know, so mm. I just want to devote so much time Wait, to it because it's just like... What? Road Warden. No, so yeah, Ben's just told me what a game I didn't know existed. No, Duelist. Oh, so again, Duelist 2. You put a lot of time into Duelist. Oh, yeah, boy, um, did I ever. Uh, this this game is made by a different developer. Um, I imagine that it builds on the first, from what I can gather from the uh, text on the store page. Um, so, yes, we'll let other people yeah. look at that. If you've enjoyed previous past episodes and Adol's many episodes where he talks about Duelist. Uh, Duelist 2 exists and it's free to play on Steam as well which is a big bonus. My bad then. I'll play that before I play any more Skyrim. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick in the head. But I'll, I'll play I'll play that. I've been really wanting to get into Road Warden because um, yeah it seems it seems like a narrative game that I just absolutely love. But Why? it's one of those that you need you need time. Mm. You do. You need to be in that headspace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you need to be in a reedy headspace. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, I think I've played probably probably less than an hour, which I'm very ashamed about. Sure. But, so um, mm. it's 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 dense in its like lore mm-hmm. and knowledge, but it seems like something that would be really fantastic to get into. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, oh, I see. Your comment, and then we'll hit Lucy's number four before yeah, we get off. Sorry, Duelist 2 is made by fans to remake Duelist, which one of the big problems was it was bought by Bandai and then monetized the crap. And then, surprisingly, the player account went down and it died. So apparently, <laughs> after it died, they got permission to make it again. Um, which is interesting. I will have to check this out. You've made my day ish. <laughs> you have. Well, just by seeing our beautiful faces. Lucy, number four. <laughs> Speaking of narrative games, Ooh. also on Game Pass. Hold on. Citizen One, Sleep. Two, three, four, five, six of my top ten can be played on Game Pass. That's kind of wow. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, my number four is um, Norco. Oh, Norco. Which, yeah. I, I, I don't think an, enough people play that game because it is it's like Kentucky Route Zero levels mm. it's, it's incredible um, I played it around the same time as Immortality and the games that are like juggling a lot of metaphors a lot of meaning and a lot of social commentary I think Immor- Immortality went like this and it like dropped like almost but one of its six juggling balls mm. and and Norco, it caught all of them. It is just nice. an insane game that has so many, so many metaphors and so many that are like literally on the head, mm. like just knocking you over the head with it. And it's like, this is the meaning of this. It's like, yeah, but you're portraying it in a very same as Kentucky Route Zero, like magical, realist kind of way, surrealist mm. kind of way, but. 
It works, and it's just it's set in um, Louisiana, um, and it's very like cliche to say like the world alone is a character, but it absolutely is. It's just like you can feel like I've never been to Louisiana, but you know um, you can imagine the just the burden and heat mm. and you know onus you know onerous like kind of like perspective of like where that place came from like mm. southern america slave america uh place that has just been devastated by capitalism and um mm. you mm. know just corporations moving in because norco's literally a um, i don't know the name of the actual like is it petroleum country that actually a uh, company that's actually like has ownership over a piece of the land um, there, but it's 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 made by people who have like actual experience and history in that that area. Same was Kentucky Route Zero. I think they were definitely seaside on that like Rust Belt area. Yeah. But it's just like you can feel it in just like the words and the pixel art. Mm. The They've also been able, like they almost have been able to convey a culture. Yeah, and it's nuts. It's just like something that's so. I mean, the pixel art is incredible, but just something that's just such a low pixel density, like to portray that kind of, um, you know, sense and feeling is it, it? It's crazy, and the game gets wacky. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's it's quite funny at times. It's um, mm-hmm. it's it. It's comical. There, there's moments of levity. There are characters who are just like over the top stupid, just like Bill and Ted almost. Yeah. Mm. But it's like there's so many things about like capitalism, like uh, generational debt, and you know, just poverty and just just everything about it. It's just it. It's nuts. The narrative is so crazy. Just so well written. It's, it, it, it's a game that, you know, I would have said everyone should play Kentucky Route Zero, like, especially when I recommended it to you, Ben, but um, yep. it was like right off the back of the pandemic, at the very mm. start of the pandemic, and we saw what it did to people who were not as fortunate as that, and it's like, this will just depress the hell out of you, you know what I mean? Mm. But I think this game is like, it's got enough levity to it, um, that yeah. it can still be played. And people can still enjoy it. It's hilarious at the same time as it is depressing and, right. and otherworldly. Um, it's it's an interesting. Like I watched the trailer, and again, it's it's a game that I've. Uh, uh, it was early this year, wasn't it, that it came out? Mm. Um, it's a game that's been on my radar for a while, but because it doesn't ape, but it reminds me, especially in a lot of the uh, um, sort of imagery and stuff of uh, yeah, Kentucky Route Zero but also um, 2048 Read Only Memories mm. and uh, Genesis Noir, you know, the surrealist nature of that kind of game it, it feels like it's pulling from lots of different very yeah. very good places. Absolutely I think it's probably more Read Only Memories where it's more, a bit more, got a bit more humour to it mm, um, right. than Kentucky Route Zero which is all sad yeah literally all sad but um yeah it's just an incredible feat of narrative mixed with setting and 
pixel art and mm. yeah Amazing. It's so good. Any other year, it would have been number one. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's so good. I don't even know how it's number four right now. Okay. But, okay. Well, yeah. so it's a, a strong top three. Okay. Let's let's roll into top threes then. Um, I imagine if you are a you know avid listener of the podcast, you can probably name from the games that I've played so far my top three. Um, my number three is Rollerdrome. Right. I forgot about Rollerdrome. Yeah. Which again is an, an excellently made game like the the way that game feels to play is so natural mm. um for anyone who doesn't know your character on roller skates in an arena battling characters shooting guns and having to to kill them the game wants you to build up combos it wants you to get high scores it gives you objectives to have per level and it's one of those where you do go back. You want to beat your score. You don't just want to beat your score. You want to beat other people's scores. You know that, actually, if you just hit that other objective as well, like if you get all the combo tokens, or if you just pull a specific move over a gap, or if you kill enemies in a certain way, you've just got those extra little points, and that will just bump you up above everyone else. And I've only returned to it a few times. Mm-hmm. There's lots of but games on my list. That, so it's like, there is a little bit of a narrative yeah, through it, absolutely. Yeah, so but you, you could just that. you you yes yeah 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 yeah. yeah. But you you could just you know not worry about the narrative. But the narrative is very interesting. It's a very interesting dystopian future that the yeah. game has set itself in, um, and it just feels it feels so good to play. That's the big takeaway from it. There's always other parts like the I narrative. Bought, I bought it then, and I wish. I was you. This is one of the cases where it's like, you've played Oli Oli World and Oli Oli, and it's like, you get that control scheme. Mm. I wish I was on the control scheme. <laughs> I, every time my mind just goes to Tony Hawk, it's like, why doesn't it play mm. that Tony Hawk? Because I, I bought it, and I love the presentation. I love the colour scheme. Yes. Um, the, only, the only thing knock that I can have against it, because my... Attunement to Tony Hawk's is like something that's completely me. Something mm. that's completely not has nothing to do with this game. Where's the Tina Turner skin? <laughs> oh no, we we've said this before. Absolutely needs a yeah, Tina exactly. Turner skin. Yes, that, that's my only knock against. Yep. Otherwise, it'd be my number one. If yeah. Tina Turner was in, I couldn't even play it and couldn't shoot anybody. If that guy <laughs> plays Tina Turner, yeah. <laughs> Move over, Alton. Um, <laughs> I, I said. I may talk about it momentarily, but the <laughs> Roll Sevens um, just what? no, yes, more Tina. Uh, Roll Sevens' <laughs> ability to just uh, get and be uh-huh. able to put across the players a fluidity in motion. Yes, yep. if you can grasp that control scheme, if, you it's know. just it's just. Me I don't think like, it, I don't think it will we're, just we're be sick. you. Know, we're I don't sick. think it will just be you. Tony Hawk is so ingrained. It absolutely yeah. is, and it's so hard so to So many people, yes, absolutely. It's it's, um, it, it's saddening because this game I is like so, everything uh, that I'd want. I'll Tony Hawk with guns is like, yeah, <laughs> give it to absolutely, me. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, but I, 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 that was on Game Maker's Toolkit. Um, he said everyone has to play yeah. this game. I don't know why, but um, it's certainly got its merits. Though, shame that I couldn't grasp. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't have to crack the beer. 
So you're going to have another bit? Yeah. Perfect. Lucy, are you having another bit? Yeah, I've still got my one. But if we have time. I'm going to drink this for... Cool. Uh, we don't have to uh, have to deal with so something. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah, I can just crack no, a beer. Just something, yeah, just something to suck on. Yeah. Fair. If you're interested, it's St. Ives' Zenor Oatmeal Stout. And mine is Penoel from Derank. And that's it. We're done. Yeah, done. Good. Sure they taste great. Perfect. Uh, you guys pour. We are back. Uh, so, I'd started and talked about Roller Drone, which mm-hmm. is my number three. Mm-hmm. So, Adol, your number three, please. Uh, it's your number five. Oh yes, it's <laughs> Vampire Survivors, which is my number six. Um, it's it, it's interesting that such a small game has featured so highly in all of our you know out of the plethora of games that we have played how it's just hit with all of us oh it was like I mean, covid cool. and just spread <laughs> it's like i found out about it from someone else and then i got you two onto the crack um we all shared the same needle yes so, exactly that not advised Adam, why does it feature so highly on your list? Garlic! That's why. Oh man, garlic. The, garlic the in those books, mate. Garlic in those books. books. Yes, uh, it's great. It is great. <laughs> it uh, is like a fake idol game. That's what I like it. It pretends to be an idol game, and then you realize you have to play it, but not strenuously. As someone who played uh, Cookie Clear, Clicker, uh, Earthworks Cookie Clicker on their play day, and um, Universal Paperclips, Paperclips on their tablet this mm. year, Vampire Survivors is better than both. <laughs> oh, it, it scratches multiple. So, like one of the reasons why Loop Hero is um, was an honorable mention because it's a bit more idly, but also needs to be babysat. Mm-hmm. Um, but not there's large chunks of it. Like you have to look at Loop Hero, but you don't have to do much. But it's a fake idle game in the fact that you can't really let it let it roll. Well, Vampire Survivors is kind of the opposite. It's like as soon as you start playing, you're like, oh, it's not really idle at all. But I don't have to do a lot, except Especially the meta game where it's like, those, what what uh... am I? What person am I picking? What am I? What am I gonna not pick up this power up because it will fuck with the build I'm looking for. And all I have to do, like, in the moment is kind of, well, hit my arrow keys. Yep. That's yeah. it. Keep, yeah. keep moving. And, keep and moving. May I say best Castlevania game of the decade, which isn't hard to do, sadly. <laughs> I was going to say. Mm. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, it's a wanderabout-like. <laughs> <laughs> As as me and Eddie were talking either on or off air, it's a it's like a twin stick shooter, but it, it, there's no movement or shooting. It's just that same kind of sense of satisfaction of just clearing mm, a busy the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's like a single stick shooter. Yeah. Because yeah, you, you're moving, moving. you're just yeah, the shooting yeah. is happening kind of by itself on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of these kinds of games prior to Vampire Survivors, and after Vampire Survivors, there'll be a lot that's copying it. 
not copying it, but iterating and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Vampire Survivors is not wholly original. It's just the one that got us all this year. You know, that yeah. had enough buzz about it. And I think, generally, because it had that kind of, like, Castlevania art to it, which was just somebody just being like, yeah, all right, Castlevania, and someone getting a free asset pack, just using that. And I think Konami are just... I mean, I, I mean they're idiots anyway, but it's just like I don't, I, I don't hate on companies just because they're not making a game. It's like yeah. they're not beholden to me; they don't need to. Yeah. It's like when you see so many things like this, and it's like, yes, they're doing Silent Hill, but where's Metal Gear? Where's Castlevania? You just, you're just sitting on money. I hate people who hate money. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was talking about like you know how capitalism is bad, but it's like how it benefits people for sometimes. God, I mean, I mean, like, one of the benefited problems... me. You know, it's just like just just make your money where you can. One of the problems with modern money. capitalism is it's like bad. Like it's a bad version of capitalism. <sighs> Yeah, mm. it's a bad version of if this doesn't make a billion dollars. Oh no, it's not even we're not that. No. Endorsing it. There's so know? many like weird countervailing incentives to mm. make money in the short run because the people making decisions just need to justify this year, this quarter. Uh -huh. Um and infinite growth is impossible, so how do you do that? Well, you kind of like fudge the numbers as much as you can and bounce, right? Yeah, and, like sack people and make more pachinko machines. <laughs> yeah, which makes sense for that. I'm sure it made sense in that quarter, right? Like, they, I'm sure they got a yeah. bonus because people yeah. bought stock. But the stock we've... market's a bad, like, measure. And You're it's not the only... wrong. Anyway. We've vampires are very eternal. far away. Yes, vampires, vampires are literally eternal. eternal. They never die. Oh, I was going to say, so capitalists thankful. are literal vampires, Ben. <laughs> and we're surviving them. <laughs> if anyone wants to know, we talked about that. There was Vampire Survivor DLC. <laughs> it came out a few days ago. Yes. I bought it. It's like one pound fourteen. Yep. On Steam. Yep. I bought buy it. that. Buy it. Support the, the developer. Like one pound forty three. I'm yeah, gonna buy it right now. Who knows when I'll actually use it? Because I just want that more money. But yeah. it's yeah. Insane. That's yeah. what I felt. It's like here's money. It's got like vampires and goblins in it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in any of that game. It's just like, and then when something weird happens, I was like, "Oh, is this the meta?" And it's like, "This is the meta happening." I'm like, "Cool. Do I get a new weapon?" It's like, "Yes." <laughs> you go evolve it. I'm like, "Cool." And it starts over again. Very yeah, good. yeah. Very good. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Lucy, number three. Hmm. Signalis. Which is another game a... pass game mm -hmm. yeah yeah where i played it it's a top-down resident evil silent hill-esque kind of survival horror game um mm. it very much draws on the inspiration of those kinds of games it's not it's not completely 3d that you'd think you know early 3d with silent hill and resident evil it's more top-down isometric but it absolutely wears its um, influences on its sleeves in mm. that sense. With like limited inventory, uh, limited ammo, limited, limited everything really, limited sight lines, and just the way the game is structured. But it, it, there's there's been so many games in that vein because I think what continually depresses me is that 
games will maybe I don't think they will, but there's a chance that they'll start emulating like games that mm. I have much mm. more of a fondness of, which is like pixel art and games that are like more sixteen bit and eight bit games. Those are the games that I hold close to my heart and that I'm very, you know, nostalgic about. PlayStation, yes, I played those in those you know it was revolutionary playing 3D games, but mm-hmm. it's just something less... I don't know, there's something more cold about them. I don't know if it's just um, when the fact that I played games, fortunately, when, you know, 16-bit was around, and it's just mm-hmm. like I've been early in that sense. But I think a lot of people are drawing on those inspirations more. And sure. I think more and more it's going to fall out of favor. When, I mean, 10 years' time, it's going to be... 20 years time, they're probably going to be making Fortnite lights, and I'm going to be like, crotch the old woman throwing cats at children on my porch or whatever. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me and Dorian just be like, (laughs) at children. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, um... You see so many, like, on itch. Oh, bless him. He's a shaggy boy. Like his daddy. (laughs) <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's just like so many games now are just like emulating that PS One style, and yes. I it, and that still brings me like a bit of nostalgia, but not as much. And I think a lot of them are just like you know, very basic itch.io games because obviously it takes probably a bit more fidelity. It's harder to emulate that style anyway. Um, very much you get a lot yeah. of these like uh this game demastered yeah turn like yes. bloodborne into a ps1 style oh. kind of yeah game. Mm-hmm. it's just a much harder style to emulate because of just the technology that was going under the hood and that kind of esoteric knowledge and esoteric mm. way of producing things mm. and the lighting and the and the systems and the polygons but Signalis just does something that is just completely emblematic of that era without being too beholden to that style at the same time. Yeah. But I think where Signalis really shines, because I think some people will... I guess your mileage may vary with the inventory system, the fact that the gameplay doesn't okay. evolve so much beyond that, okay, I'm shooting at an enemy... Mm. pop 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 i need a shotgun i need you know two shells in my shotgun i need you know three rounds in my pistol or whatever and that kind of inventory management that is very like 90s even though it gets rid of like a lot of the frustrations of those times like you can play with the tank controls if you want to i was i i did for like 10 seconds i was like okay i see what you're doing this is cool but i'm okay i'd rather benefit from where we've progressed in 30 odd years, to be yeah, quite honest. Okay. But the way the game is packaged and portrayed and just presented has a very weird anime. It yeah. is anime. Yeah. But I say anime for higher inflection because it's good anime, which is. <laughs> Rare. Rare. <laughs> yes. Because the whole game is very capitalist, futurism. It's like bad Akira things anime going on. Versus, yeah. you know, standard <laughs> yeah. TV anime. 
Yeah, it, yeah. bad things in space. Alien. Um, capitalism's gonna just sacrifice us for sacrifice us all, which is very much a trend that I'm interested in, as you'll see in my number one. But it's it's <laughs> very much it, it's packaged in a way where it's like you don't only just get these isometric viewpoints. It sometimes switches to like first person, mm. and it does some weird things with its gameplay, with its structure. I think you'd very much like Ben on another game that you've played. I will not spoil, but it, it it's it's weird, and it's it, it, it subverts like your expectations. Mm-hmm. It isn't like Resident Evil. Oh yeah, the bad guy had the you know T virus all along. Ha ha ha. Whatever. It's very much. It's weird. It's subversive. <laughs> it's, it's about... It, um, it, the central to it is like this robot lesbian romance. And it's like probably something that I would have no interest in if you just gave that to me on a menu. But it's like, mm. it's just so... It, it, it's so good at what it does. The, the, the narrative where it shines is where it shines. And it, I think what complements it for me is the gameplay, where it's like, I like those things. Mm. I like looking back at that era of gaming. I like uh, Silent Hill. I've been playing through that this year, Silent Hill 2, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Dino Crisis and stuff like that. Yeah. I love that era of survival horror. Um, and yeah, this just has just an incredible narrative. You know, one of those that you have to look on Reddit and, you know, discussion boards to even pass together, but you you get the the central thing of it, even if you don't understand the whole accoutrements and everything outside of it. It's just, you get the central meaning of it, and it's quite, it's quite emotional as well. Mm. So I never thought I'd say about that, about lesbian robots. <laughs> It, it it it's an incredible game in terms of its atmosphere and um, presentation. I think it's I think it's um, flown on the radar. I think people should play it. Yeah. More people should play it. It, it, it. It's game of the. I I kind of see it as like game of the year, like quality. Ooh. Yeah. Even there's it's... just something that's even better. In- Oh, Ooh, interesting to see what the next two are then. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah, when you're it's, saying it's, it's game of the year been... and then it's your number three, I'm like, oh shit, yeah. mine was the, the <laughs> idol game that you guys all rated lower. <laughs> I think I had a worse gaming year. I, I mean, Vampire Survivors is everyone's gaming. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, in, their uh, mm, in their hearts. In their hearts. They're hearts that don't beat because yeah. blood flow, etc. Yes, yeah, but, but thank you for indulging me on that. No, no I mean, no, I'm no, super. Not so pumped about this game more so than mm. it was before i think yeah, it's absolutely about, it's only about well i think about 11 hours oh, and that's because okay. i was being that's because i was being very okay i have to maximize this route if people are just like i don't care if i lose ammo i had like 20 flipping shotgun rounds and by the end of the game so i don't need that i don't need that in any uh, but that, i mean I, I don't know You're how to hoarding. play games otherwise let's be honest yeah. <laughs> I don't use grenades oh, because oh, what oh. if I would need a grenade? Like for this point time where there's like seven yeah. guys in front of me? Yeah, but yeah. what if there were eight guys in the next room? You have I had five about of 17, them. I had about 17 different saves because that's how I play survival horror games. Oh, that's but funny. if you're not sick like that, <laughs> you'll be fine. You can do it in like six. <laughs> nice. Okay. Fair. Fair. 
Um, so uh, we'll roll into our number twos, and it's a it's a game that for me um, has no end. Ultimately, um, it's Ollie Ollie World. Uh, again, my number three and my number two, both from Roll Seven. They've had an absolutely fucking amazing year. Um, Ollie Ollie World. Again, we can talk about control schemes and those kinds of things, but for me, uh, Roller Drone built on the control scheme to take it to a slightly different perspective, whereas Ollie Ollie World has refined the control scheme of the previous Ollie Ollie games. Taken it to a slightly different kind of art style, repackaged it, and presented it in a different way that makes it a little bit more accessible. So yes, it is a different control scheme, and it's a different understanding to Tony Hawk's or Skate or any of these other kinds of games that that people might sl- slightly associate with a a two D version. You don't have to um, make the caveat of this. Then, it's, like... it's, I'm just broken, don't worry. No, 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 not at all. But there'll be loads of people <laughs> like it, mate. There'll be loads of people. And I think Oli Oli World does really well in the beginning stages of climatizing people, of explaining what's going on, but not not saying this is a sequel to a game you've already played. It's like, this is a new entry, right? You, mm. you, you may never have played this game before. Come and join us. Um, and... The DLC packs build on that. They add new mechanics. It feels fresh. Um, the the aesthetic, the soundtrack, everything really hit with me with Oli Oli World. I think it's just such a well-packaged, really well-made game. Mm. Um, and it's something that I had gone back to a little and I was doing dailies. I was doing the kind of uh, you against nine other people, or uh, maybe it's twelve people. You against eleven other people. Um, here's a route. Do it as well as you can. Mm. Yeah, this is how you stacked up against other people. Uh, um, I was hitting those and doing that and enjoying doing those kinds of things. So then the DLC comes out. And you're like, yes, there's more to explore. There's a little bit more kind of this wacky kind of very much side narrative. You know, it's not about the narrative. That just pulls you through the different levels right. and showing you the different mechanics. So you get to the end of that game and you feel like a master. <laughs> Even though you might not have mastered everything, you feel really good about yeah. your progress through that game. And that's the way that it is paced. It's not about how good you are. You could be, you could feel that you're rubbish at something like this. But it holds your hand so well and paces it so well. You get to the end of the game and you have such a good satisfaction. Such a good level of satisfaction at just being like, yes, yes, I have nailed this. I have done such a good run. That's the whole life of any good arcade game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Like, trashed it at the end. You're just like, all right, let's go again. Yeah. I can be better. All right, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a bit of a difference between. Oli Oli World and Roller Drone is Oli Oli feels a little bit more arcade, and it very yeah. much feels like great. I feel like I've done really well. Do it again, right? Great, yeah. I feel like I've done really well. Do it again. Roller Drone has that still with the like the leaderboards and things, but you do a run, and Roller Drone is so intense that you'll go, oh, I just need a break. <laughs> I will go again, but like tomorrow. Tina Turner's shouting at me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that definitely seems like it was following you through a narrative more mm. so than like... Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let, let's keep going. Let's score chase. Yeah. yeah. That's what 
neon white is, you mm. know, just high adrenaline, and it's and it's yeah. I, I can imagine if if I can transplant my feelings in neon white into a control sch- control scheme like Ollie Ollie World, I'm completely with you on that, and I can see why mm. it's number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just broke. <laughs> No, I don't no, no, want no, to no, do. No, no, no. I've been broken for like twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all, Lucy? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes, uh, uh, for me, uh, Roll Seven have had a fantastic year. Um, I really look forward to whatever comes next uh-huh. from them. Yeah. I, I can see them dropping Oli Oli uh, now that Oli Oli World has uh, come out because there is that um, perpetual multiplayer, that online space for that game. Um, and see them doing more things like Rollers Rome. They break out. They keep a similar kind of scheme and break out into something different, different kind of narrative, yeah. different kind of game that yeah. they've produced. But you really know, like uh, another another platformer like Not a Hero. Really not I mean, that, again, you, know? you can see a lot of Not a Hero in Roller Drone. Yeah. The way that it kind of plays, the shooting mechanics and that kind of stuff. You can see they did so it's good. Like Roller Drone is so good in seeing. Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, is fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> you can see in Roller Drone that <laughs> progression through their <laughs> games as well. You can see where they've taken inspiration from various different uh, uh, games that they have worked on, and I think Oli Oli World is kind of the like this is you know they would sit there and go this is our best game, this mm. is our uh, this yeah. is us at our absolute highest level, and Roller Drone is us going we're taking that energy and we're going to try something different. I love that pivot like, mm, to yeah. release two games in one year. Is- a feat, especially for like a small developer. So, so yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Long may um, continue. Yeah, yeah, completely. Luke, uh, Adam, rolling around in the circle. Uh, number two. It's the one Lucy talked about that has a purple and green. Yes. Purple and green. I love the. I the love Hulk. the soundtrack. <laughs> I love the soundtrack. Yeah, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused this with the Cowabunga collection. Hmm? Yeah, this didn't mm. make it for me. I think it's because it was, it was like up there for such a long time. But I think Pentiment and the Golden Lion. I mean, to be honest, it. like the the other games you've mentioned are ones that like I'm pretty sure are directly up my jam. I just haven't had the yeah. time. Mm. No, it was absolutely up there for me. It's such. It's like the quintessential I'm turtles it game. Now. Like it's just one of those where it's like, should I just? <laughs> it's like it doesn't really matter, but it's like that would have probably been my eleven because it's just nostalgia in a bucket. But you know? but mm. what I really liked about it, and what actually by because I we I reviewed streamed the Cowabunga collection, um, it really like hammered home just how much they understood the nostalgia and fixed all the annoying shit from our youth in a yeah, way that you've like it didn't feel like perspective it. on it because you've played the cow bank yeah. i didn't buy it because i thought it's a bit expensive uh, i yeah i mean eventually you'll but, notice but, that to yeah, make you... even my honorable mentions it's fine if you like those things and are interested <laughs> in, in like the bits and bobs that like some of the like yeah. um Unlock, not even unlock, lock, unlockables, which is the art assets and some of the stuff was really cool, but and like ultimately, eclipse, I'm not going to play it? these games, right? Was it was it digital eclipse as well? Yeah, because they do really good things with their remasters. Yeah, like incredible things. We just like 
hop into a game wherever it is and insane like preservation and they even give a technique like when you pause the game it'll give you the techniques that you would have had you may never have known when you played it It, like just like little pictures (laughs) and like do this when uh, aerial attacks and stuff really cool but ultimately what i want is not to play those games that i just had no choice but to play even though i sucked at them when i was Mm. six through 12 or whatever but like I want the feeling of playing those games, and that's exactly what Shredder's Revenge did. It, it, it made me feel like I was playing those games, and then when I actually played those games, I'm like, oh, no, that game is so much better. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It it's is. it's like, so good, and I'm like, I still haven't so played fluid. it with anyone else, and I know mm. it's going to be fucking great. I, and so it's number two because I had such good time. It hit the nostalgia exactly the way I thought, and then when I played the actual yeah. nostalgia game, I was like, oh... The reason why the nostalgia hit was because you guys know what the fuck you're doing and you've made it better in a way that is still true to what I'm looking for, which is no yeah. small feat. No, it isn't. Because like when I was up in Bristol with you lot and you were playing uh, that on the arcade machine, I was like, oh, yeah. so many times. Like, I don't yeah. Care. Yeah. And yeah. It, we but did playing... not last long. <laughs> but playing like Shredder's Revenge, it's like, yeah, you get all those feelings of playing the old arcade game none of the frustration and just it's just so much more fluid in like this sort of the the movement the it, it's easy i'll say that but yes it, it, but that's so much part more, of it right yeah that's part of it that like monkey island is much easier than it used to be but it's it's i wouldn't say monkey island is more fun in that way well i was saying but the problem um, is monkey island, island being more uh e- easier is that it's a puzzly game at its heart versus yeah. a, like a button mashing smack them yeah, about yeah. is a lot better this was a quarter eater yeah whereas yeah. just to play something whereas monkey island wasn't it was just like oh, <laughs> arbitrarily hard you bought the disc <laughs> yeah it's fine it should be solvable but it isn't anyway but um yeah teenage uh what is it shredded revenge yeah it's mm-hmm. just so much more fluid, more more forgiving, more with the accessibility features that is. Um and it's just like yeah, this is it, it makes you feel like you, you were playing that in the nineties and it it's it's so colourful and it's so faithful to the originals and I just love like how everything's just like when you go in around the overworld mm-hmm. it plays a remix of the just had, like a really goofy, stupid remix with oh. like a car horn in it, of, oh. like the of the theme, and it's just, yeah, it's so good. You know what I mean? And just, it, it, any game that is like I cannot skip the opening sequence of, such oh, as exactly. Elden Ring. But Elden Ring was like on what's it called on Xbox? Like no close, it doesn't close. Whatever, quick resume or whatever. Oh, or like or like. Games that I just can't get past the starting screen, right? Like uh, Skyrim or Mafia Three, because the only time in that game that they had Jimi Hendrix <laughs> was literally on the start screen and at yeah. the end of the game. That's really funny. <laughs> nowhere, in, nowhere in the on the radios or whatever. But it's like impossible to get past that start screen, right? Um, yeah, Shredder's Revenge is that. It's just so good. yeah, I really enjoyed that game. Solid game. It's very- Nice. Good. Good. It's my number 11. Let's say that. 
<laughs> um, what's your number two, Lucy? Yes. What did I your number one ago? What? Oh, I see. Yeah, it's very <laughs> So we're skipping Lucy's number two because we may come back to it momentarily. Um, and I think uh, we'll roll that into my number one, into all of our number ones. Uh, Lucy got it right earlier. There's robot dinosaurs involved. <laughs> Um, it's the game. 2017 crew. Have you finally played the PC game Beast Wars? <laughs> <laughs> what? Is PC game Beast Wars? I thought there was. I mean, there might be. If there is, I don't want to download it tonight. Whatever software I mean. Beast Wrong. Wars Transformers. Yeah, yeah, I was right. Third person game, 1997, PlayStation, and Windows. I definitely pir- I mean, I definitely bought that game in 1997. 1990- 97. Oh, this Sorry, might be 97 right PlayStation, 98 Windows. It's like Lego Rock Raiders, what we were talking about before, which had a PC release that was like a strategy game and a PlayStation release that was just like, you're just running around. No, so this is the <laughs> same. This was actually the same game. Oh, okay. Uh, it just, it's just the portable. Eh? Sorry? It's not on That's Steam. A, that sounds alright. Might be on good do? old game. Maybe find it on good we'll old game. We'll talk about it later. Like Sorry. Yeah, um, absolutely. What are you talking uh, about? So, stupid dinosaur game? Yeah, number one. Number one for me is Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, I spent a fucking lot of time playing that game. It seems good. And very much enjoying it. But the only caveat is that it is more of Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. It's a game, I think, which builds on the first enhances a few of the elements like the combat choosing different weapons those kinds of things um, it opens up the RPG elements a little bit more and not that I needed that and not that I delved into that too much yeah, yeah. but from a narrative it's interesting it pulls you through but it is the world and I would imagine we're going to talk about this in a moment it's the world that really shines. That is that is the thing that is the interesting part. And I think Horizon is in a good position that it can go anywhere in that mm. time frame within the world and like continue Hollywood. to it can exactly continue to tell interesting <laughs> stories. And which I think Holly which is uh PS five only, I think. Oh, that um, sucks. Yeah, so I'm going to miss out on that one unless There's I'm no reason for, There's no reason for that, like, mm. honestly. Come on. Well, unless it's doing something no, you know very, very fucking different, which the, the PS4 would just break for. It's like... <sighs> I mean, it's... Oh, a, it, again, it's a... You played Horizon, I, I, I do you want more by the, the PS5? The, I will have to see the... The, the the absolute digital foundry breakdown breakdown why it couldn't work run on <laughs> sure yeah yeah because yeah. PS4 yeah. is like a fucking beast of hardware like I mean I played Horizon God of War yeah. yes Horizon absolutely and I, I played Horizon Forbidden West on PS4 and it worked very very well incredible um, I I I can't yeah. think of any moments where I had slowdown or clipping or poor textures. Or anything like that. It just played yeah. incredibly the well. The last game I played on there was like Last of Us, and it's like, where's the? I know Naughty Dog are like cream of the crop, but it's like mm. the Horizon, like Gorilla, are like first party. It's like where's the, 
where's the compromise? There isn't any. Yeah, absolutely. You know what mm. I mean? It's like, yeah. should be every reason why it should be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I think, again, Horizon did a few things. Uh, Forbidden West, sorry. Did a few things in the kind of, you know, riding the dinosaurs. So suddenly mm. you're flying around on a fucking robot dinosaur, experiencing yeah. the world. And it's it's that idea that... It's something so, that I've avoided, like, coverage of, but I could have predicted it. It's like, of course you're going to fly a pterodactyl. Absolutely. absolutely. Of course you are. Yeah. It's a and flipping it, dinosaur game. And it's it, like the other <laughs> games that are in my top three, that, that, that kind of fluid motion works really well with some of that, with the exploration, with the open world elements, with being able to traverse across it. Um, riding a pterodactyl through the skies comes quite late, and it's always something that I will always go back to, like World of Warcraft. Right mm-hmm. when that game released, the fast travel system through that game was riding something faction mm-hmm. dependent through the sky, and it was yep. an on rails on rails experience that you got to. And they reworked that game in a later expansion to allow uh, flyable Fly mounts. mounts. Yeah. And there was all of these like areas where everyone's like, I've flown over this inaccessible area hundreds of times on this fast travel route. I now must go there just to <laughs> see what it just to land and just walk around. And and they, you know, they made a thing of it. They put a few extra little bits in some of these areas because it's that Easter eggy type thing. Early WoW was great because there were exploits they hadn't patched and Oh yes, and absolutely. The, so um in IT hacky yeah yeah <laughs> so on the top of Stormwind is now a fucking functional area that was like in the mm-hmm. beginning of the game was just partially developed and abandoned for years mm. but the route up to it was blocked by you know a ledge that you couldn't jump over but early days you if you used the gnome telescope you could build as an as an engineer you could build telescopes and give to people and it would like zoom in but if you jumped right when you zoomed in you would zoom in at that height and when you disengaged you'd be floating oh. if you could do that two times in a row and then jump you would get over the barriers they set up in the game <laughs> which included certain dungeons like the in stormwind there was you a were dungeon. that guy you were that guy in South Park, killing everybody. <laughs> so in Stormwind, there was a dungeon that had two exits. And if you could time it right, you could go in the the, the end exit and then go just kill the last boss and skip most of the dungeon um, with the same trick. But in um, whatever the gnome place, um, it wasn't Stormwind. It was the other place, the place with the auction house that has the extra area on the top. We're talking first six months of WoW. If you did that trick, you could then just wander up into this desolate landscape of half-made a- assets. It was the coolest thing. It's one of the reasons I really like live, like early live games, because if you can figure it out, you get to see stuff you're not supposed to that they have not finished. Mm. I'm so grateful I was not born in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where was... Born, fucking hell. Um, I was born. Yeah, you like, absolutely were. Not old enough. To yeah. buy my is, own computer, <laughs> like, but like that's how, the that's Horizon. one of the areas people talked about when the flying mounts mm. came out, and they had to like fix it up because people could go there now. And so when yeah. I went, I, I like Our one of my returns was like, post flying uh, mount, and I went there. I'm like, oh wow, this place looks way better. <laughs> my early PC adventures at that point was The Sims. So. 
and that's all. <laughs> and, and I know what that did to me. Make your own Christ. adventure. And I, that was enough. That mm. addiction was enough. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it leads on to one of the other reasons that Horizon is my top game this year. I've completely lost track of yeah. what you were saying. Is that... The world, the, the man. It, it, it is the world. It, it, it's mm. the world. It's the idea that every single part of this world has been thought about, right? It is, of course, you can fly there. Yes, yes, you mm-hmm. can. It's not until sort of towards the, the 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 last third of the game that you can fly there. But we're thinking about it constantly. We've got to make sure that it's all sorted. We've got to make sure that everywhere is accessible. That if you're flying a dinosaur, you're riding a dinosaur, mm-hmm. that you can get to those places. We've got to think about the pathing of these dinosaurs. The one thing I would have, one, and it's 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 made so fucking well. Like the entire mm. world has been so combed That's over. Interesting. The one thing that I really wanted from this game was like a living ecosystem, and I think mm. uh, um, like you know it's like there's like three dinosaurs and they just hang out here and this is where those three dinosaurs live and mm. you kill them and you come back 20 minutes later and there's three more dinosaurs here you um, want Jurassic Park evolution the game well so I wanted the idea you know the idea that the cauldrons are pumping out dinosaurs constantly but, you know it would be great if that existed and, and maybe that's something that I'm that it's, it's, it's too far advanced for what we're talking about now you know the idea of no, like I, I, uh, yeah, uh, um, kind of like too. living systems and those kinds of things and it might be something that evolves and is in the MMO that they're developing that is in the third game that they're also developing um, oh. but the idea that you could be like cool I've killed all of these dinosaurs this cauldron must be working in overdrive now to pump them out I'm just going to go and sit on a cliff above it and I can see that it's just churning dinosaurs out and they're all I think scattering you have every off in different right directions. To, to, to expect that. Like, um, it's PlayStation 5. Obviously, this was made of... I think we're very much in a, you know, transitional era. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's very much made on the PlayStation 4 engine, but it's like, mm. we're probably... I'm not expecting more fidelity from the PlayStation 5 and Xbox. Mm-hmm. For whatever it is. Um, I'm expecting... Systems, yes, you know what I mean? yeah, very much stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Um, fidelity means nothing to me at this point. It's like I'll play something that's pixel art or something else, like Signalis. Yep. Let's get yep. something like, like that. And I think where I didn't pick up um, Horizon Forbidden West, not only because something like Elden Ring came out and that probably sucked out mm, all the, it, the oxygen, yeah. probably, probably. You know, rightly so, but also Horizon sold a hell of a lot, and it seems like everyone that I've heard, especially you, Ben, it's a brilliant game, mm-hmm. and one I very much look forward to playing, but it didn't seem like it 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 moved the needle in that sense, whereas something like Elden Ring moved the needle. It's like, this is something wholly distant, you know, distance mm. from what we used to do. Mm-hmm. Horizon seemed like it it tripped over all the hurdles that he did in the first game, which you can excuse from the first game. Like, you know, maybe some of the story and some of the mm-hmm. the way the tribes interact with each other and some of, as you say, some of that environment doesn't exactly mesh with each other. But And that's what I fear from, like, the PlayStation 5, this generation. Is it just going to be a sequel machine? Because that's not yeah, interesting yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. God of War 2. I mean, probably this 
it's going to probably last for like another six years, so they'll probably come out with some new things. But it's like, is it going to be that Samurai game too? Is it going to be mm. God of War two? Is it going to be Horizon two? Is it going to be Spider Man two? Which is like, I think. Which it if is anyone, going to be. Yeah, but if anyone should be averse to risk, it should be the smaller publishers. It shouldn't be one of the biggest publishers averse. in the game. Yeah, Let's absolutely. circle back to our nonsense about capitalism, right? Yeah, but well, I mean, yeah, you've got games like Returnal yeah. and a few other things that are... But they're so much smaller scale, and that's from like yeah. a, a, a publisher that was going to give up Yeah, <laughs> like two years ago. It's, it's, it's disappointing, and Agreed. It's, it's scary where we are. Um, yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't, I don't want to harp on Xbox and Game Pass because they're not doing good anyway. I think a lot of people had a had a bitch about Xbox were not at the Game Wars, and I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't even notice because I didn't even care because their whole model is Game Pass now. Yep. I want games like Pentiment, but people want games like I don't know Halo Seventeen or whatever. It's just like it's yeah, like, yeah. But are they going to put out games that are just like? Sequel after sequel, it's just not interesting anymore. It's not, uh, and I will play the robot dinosaur game because that is my life. That's what I've been building up to. That's the game. And it's it's interesting that you say that because everyone was disappointed that we didn't get like John Halo DLC straight away after the way that Mm. like Infinite finished. Um, I mean, I think that whole studio's been exhausted and a mess. And like, I don't play Halo multiplayer. Mm-hmm. They probably need to just go on a desert island somewhere and just take a six year break. Just do something different. Just let them do something different. You know different. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. all right, have your core studios doing the same crap every year. But, like, holy Jesus, I can't have a sequel of everything every year. Make something different. Yeah. I think maybe Game Pass has that kind of like just a bit extra budget to push out to these, mm. you know, like a Grounded or something like that, or a Pentiment. Yeah. Mm. But if Sony doesn't even have it for... I mean, they have it for a, you know, what, what return, or hopefully they keep doing that, but all I... I don't know. Maybe it's because I just haven't seen what they're, and it's, they're bringing Like, it's, it's, it's odd stuff, isn't it? Like, last... Last gen, like Concrete Genie and things like that from PlayStation, which that's, were that's completely what you kind want. of yeah. yes, it was like third person and it was built on similar kinds of systems, but it's a different kind of game, different kind of narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want those smaller experiences. I just hope that to, to all of out. the developers push that out. I mean, Nintendo mm. um, Let's I talk about something. Seventeenth Fire Emblem game. <laughs> <Flip me. laughs> you do, Lucy. Of course you do. I don't. Um, God, Fire, don't you? Fire I have emblem. to talk about it with Francis tomorrow, probably. Yeah. I don't know what number pillars of they're up to like Fire, Fire Emblem Twelve emblem. Flats or something like that. Yeah. Aren't they? God, um, God bless you, Francis. But I don't want to talk about any. <laughs> Let's talk about then. Uh, Let's I, talk about another chair. I'm going to assume is Adol's number one, a game which is uh, uh, like a sequel, but isn't and does do something different. And does go? Is it like a, a sequel? It's a JRPG. Well, they, they, exactly, exactly. It's not a JRPG. No, it's, it's very an RPG. A Western RPG. It's a, it's a very capital W RPG. It's Western. Yeah. Yes, but it's it's made a world-playing game. It's a WRPG. <laughs> a but it's very much play. made by like a Japanese studio. What's your number one, Adol? Uh, it's uh, Elden Ring. <laughs> Elden Ring. the one made by the uh, guy who... Uh, 
Dan Rang. It's that Hispanic guy, El Dan Rang. Isn't it by the guy Bill Clinton's mate? No. <laughs> okay, enough slightly maybe racist slash questionably no, he, no, he, he's just an idiot he's not no, right. the, the fucking, which is the... probably even worse wow. <laughs> yeah I, it's elden ring i i didn't get back to it in the fall like i planned but it doesn't matter i put hours into multiple different characters i love the world mm. i love what it's done i've never i've tried Phil <laughs> clinton's favorite game. yeah it's fair. sorry no, no. Enjoy. Have the moment. You shouldn't have rolled out of that. It feels funny, but it is. It's <laughs> great, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, um, it is. It's it great is. in it multiple is. ways. Um, it solved the problem I had with these games, which was the linearity and the difficulty meant that you could get kind of stuck. And the mm. fact that yeah. you can just wander away. And if you wanted to grind in a way that like isn't grinding because you're just exploring and accidentally getting better is so key yes yes thank you and yeah. the the way the map worked really caught me because if you paid attention you would know where to go because whoever drew the map was consistent with like how tunnels or things would show up even if they weren't the icons. And so you could kind of be like, I'm going to put an icon there and we're just going to go there and see. And you'd usually be mm. rewarded. Um, but also there was enough like meat to the game that you could just ignore that and still stumble upon things or just fuck, fuck the map. Like just wander about and get to know the feel of the land yourself. And like there are enemies in these more optional dungeons that are like iterations on enemy types you've seen, like the fucking stone dogs, which got progressively harder by either having different moves. God, those scared. The, the one of those, the one with that knife and just nightmares. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, <laughs> they get, genuinely they, you knew what you knew their like jumping pattern, but their weapons would change, or there'd be multiple of them, or they'd come with other fucking stone dog little minions that meant that you couldn't you'd have to like figure out how to do that or come back where you could like take a couple hits from the little dogs and just focus kill the big guy if you just like were more of a tanky character like there's so much there and like i played the game without a shield because i could well, fuck learning how I to play the game without knowing you could run so. exactly <laughs> um and like Boom. the the play styles were so different and like I played a kind of a hybrid mage type as my main and then I went to dual wielding quick swords. It's a proper RPG. Yeah. It's what mm. I disliked about something like The Witcher where it's like you just roll. You just roll and slash. There's nothing different. I'm sorry for all you Witcher. Adam Thomas is like raising. Mm. Lord, Lauren's but raising from his <laughs> Yes. Ben's probably like just cut it here. But it's just like Something that genuinely changes your build set and your your different character. I think like something where you have a central character where it's like Witcher may mm. have more limited aspects. Maybe just slightly limited. Maybe I'm not playing the game right. But well, I, like Elden Ring. Yeah. There's so much variety to I'd, that I'd play argue, style. Mm -hmm. I would argue Which, that Witcher 3 yeah. isn't an RPG. It's an action game. I don't I, I'd oh, say I, it's a narrative I 100% game. believe that. It's a, it's a, it's a narrative action. It's a narrative action game. Well, I'd it's an say it's a game. visual novel. 
And that's yeah. the only good thing about it. <laughs> like the stories. Because it's got incredible stories. Yeah, has the, write, the writing in The Witcher 3 is fucking incredible. Yeah. yeah, and I wish I saw that. I mean, there's no way I've seen it at all. But no. even though Elden Ring doesn't evolve amongst its... It, well, I've learned this from like uh, Waypoint. It's verbs in the sense of hmm. you can only just slash and roll. Oh, yeah. Even though it doesn't evolve amongst that, it has so much difference in it's got the kind of builds that you have. Yes, and it has that breadth and it's like how vast is this world? And I don't think mm. like how big your world is is definitive of how good the game is. Assassin's Creed has proved that for ten Absolutely. years. Yeah. It's like the game is just not interesting. I haven't played the last few, so I hold my hands up high. But it's like you don't know where it's gonna ad- you know it's not going to advance in like the central core mechanics, Elden Ring. Like you just mm. slash and roll, yeah. and that's it. But in terms of like, what is going to f you up next? Yeah, exactly. It's but always like, going to evolve. That's actually it's, a there's good always going to be something around the corner. The, the the point where it's like I didn't put it as my number one because I've been switching around my number one and my number two for the, a whole year, and it's like this absolutely could be my number one. And ask me in five years' time. It, Two years time, three months, it will be. But it's like the time that I went into that castle and there's this bird that's just like fucking bird. With, I know exactly with, with sticks, with kebab skewers on its legs, just coming round the corner and just stabbing me to death. And not only that, and I'm just like, mm, and go back to the next bonfire, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then not only that. It's like I go further up into the castle, and those bloody birds are there with their kebab skewers, and they're carrying gunpowder ca- barrels, barrels, and just yeah. throwing that at me, and then stabbing me, skewing me like a kebab. I'm just like, you won. You won, game. <laughs> you hate me. You're just saying f me. It's not. It's, it's like every. It's not like any other game that I've played. I haven't played any Souls game. Mm, but it's just mm. like it, it, it's a middle finger to the player, and it's like, can you overcome this? Can you beat this? Can you anticipate this? And it's like, no, I can't. But it's like, yes, just it, it's dominatrix the game. <laughs> I think everyone has it. It's like a sexual awakening. Right, but I think <laughs> I think the key is that it, this isn't like so like the other souls games are like you know you've you got the card from a friend of a friend and you know this dom is in town and you had to go to a back alley and like <laughs> yeah. what the, what they're giving you is all you got. And now it's like, "Oh, what if we've progressed sexually and now there's a sex club and you can be like these are the things I want." <laughs> to do or be done to me and some of these other things maybe not and you get to like avoid them because you aren't in this really you're not tom cruise yeah you're not just caught unawares you're you're you know you're more like okay you're tom cruise on his third visit (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's like i'm okay with this do it (laughs) yeah that's a good you Nicole Kidman, you've heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what you, you sort of know what's going on. <laughs> it's interesting because I'm like I suppose <laughs> It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've 
I've played like Demon Souls, Dark Souls One, Dark Souls Two, Bloodborne. Mm. It's only like Dark Souls Three that I haven't played, and Elden Ring has been the kind of the one game that I'm like, yeah, I don't need to worry about that. Really? It seems so. It seems so big. It seems so massive. And yeah, also, you played st- Assassin's Creed Origins, then. So. I mean, Origins is a great game. I haven't played Elden Odyssey. Yeah. Valhalla's not very good. Um, but it was it was so. The, one of the big things that kept me away from Elden Ring was that when it released, the PC version wasn't great. Mm. And the performance is the, a really big issue. Yeah, and is, the PS4 version was the worst. worst version you could possibly play. So I'm like, well, that's the two things I've got. Let's not worry about it. Right. And I've just continued to not worry about it. I mean, I that's fair. But from both of your comments, whether it was towards the beginning of the year, um, and now... It is a game that I would love to even just dabble in a little bit, just just to play, even a few hours. You know, just get a good six hours I mean, when in, it goes on just fair, to experience just, that um, world. I don't need yeah. to. I don't, it's one of those I don't think I need to play it for forty oh, hours or a hundred hours. Well, yeah, potentially. I, I just say that because the world is so good that like mm. that's what kept what, me coming prob- back. Right? Yeah, I probably yeah. played about a hundred hours. Wow. I'm, no, I'm nowhere near finishing. Mm. Um, it's not one of those you need to play. Me and Adil, as we've, as we've talked probably off air and mm. on podcasts that you weren't a part of then for whatever reason, but mm. it's probably something we that you. we'll never complete. Yes, I think. It's probably something that we'll never complete, but the, the, the majesty and the scope is something that I'd show my... Like Horizon Zero Dawn, 2017 i'd show my eight-year-old self it's like mm. this is what games can be yeah it's yeah. just insane in terms in terms of scale and how many times it surprises you. yeah you don't ever need to finish it like i didn't do everything in horizon zero dawn but it's still mm. something that if i had a time machine i'd be like lucy this game's made for you yeah Have robots yeah. and dinosaurs <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but uh, elden ring does that and I think like um, even Breath of the Wild that wasn't even on my top top ten that year. The the way the systems and world interacts with it, with itself as you said that then you wanted Horizon Two to do mm-hmm. that that sort of discovery and intrigue you you just don't get that and I think mm-hmm. me and Ben you could oh, you could go not knowing a thing. You don't need to know a thing about Elden Ring. There's still things that I will discover, yeah. or never discover, that will still be amazing ten years' time. Mm. Just like this weird effed-up monster and where it takes you and the blight. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah. Uh, like... <laughs> Adil, did you ever get to a place where something just swallowed you and just took you to another place. Yes, multiple times. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just like it could be an enemy, it could be a chest, it could be this, it could be that, and just all the revelations that you get in that game—it's, it's, it's a scale that I've never seen before. Um, and like much like people talk about Breath of the Wild being like feeling like a more dynamic world than open worlds are, Breath of the Wild kind of feels stagnant and like bereft mm. in a way when compared to Elden Ring uh, it, it, it doesn't have the character 
because like in every every time that I've seen a From Software game, that I know I've been jealous of people who enjoy those games because all I've ever said is like, just give me an art book mm, of like all yeah. those <laughs> enemy designs because <laughs> yeah. they're nuts. Like, but Ben, you've played Bloodborne, and it's just like some of the most excellent, interesting enemy design, and I'm jealous of people who like that kind of more linear thing. Mm. But as the deal said, like. You can progress without even knowing it, just exploring the world. Yeah. Just give me an art book of every single yeah, from software game, yeah. and it's like. Oh. Eldering is Eldering is that a little bit different. Um, yeah, I enjoy the I enjoy the passion mm. that, uh, mm. that, that mm. both of you have uh, given a bit, of, especially from Lucy, it. considering yes. you mm-hmm. still have a number one game. I was about to say. Yeah. As I said, I think like Elden Ring is a game that I show my six-year-old self like look what games can be they're so big mm. so expensive and mm. look what things can have but um the game that is just uh, I, I i went back and forth so many times but the game that i probably thought about i mean i've, I've definitely thought about it more than Elden ring Elden ring i've always like i should go but in terms of like a narrative sense mm-hmm. i've always thought about sitting as a sleeper right Every couple of days, you know what I mean? It's it's one of those that are just um, like a Narco, like a Kentucky Route Zero. And I'd say it's it's probably more Kentucky Route Zero than the latter because it doesn't mm-hmm. have that sense of levity. I guess there's some, some you know, twangs of humour in its writing, but it is very much <laughs> capitalist mm. space. Uh, what is it? What, what, what's the company in Emmy called? Wayland. Yes. Yeah. That we've just forsaken these humans, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> but everything's in space, and um, you're playing as a sort of an automaton who's uh, kind of had a human. Well, not a human. I guess it's like everyone's bred to be a worker in this, yeah. in this kind of um, uh, economy, whether it's on space or on Earth or whatever. And it's just like, okay, you're 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 very much a we're, we're transplanting a human like mind and uh, personality on this kind of like blank robot, and you're just. Instead of living a life on Earth, just being a slave, you're you're basically smuggled to this outwardly space station. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the gameplay is it, it, it's dice based. Um, it actually made me go back and play Tharsis if anyone played that. Mm. Um, but um, this is much more forgiving in terms of that, but in much more narrative. But it, it's like okay, you're rolling die or, or, or dice in in the chance of like okay what's assigned to these numerical numbers on the pips on these dice is basically how many actions you can pro- perform throughout the day it's like okay i rolled uh snake eyes i'm not going to be able to do much you know that's two if i roll you know three sixes i'm going to be able to do a lot i'm going to be able to Go see my friend that I've made on the space station. I'm going to be able to perform this job and make some money. But the crux of it is that 
you always have this thing where because you're like this robot that's had a um, personality imprinted on it, you need to keep yourself healthy, which is like basically injecting insulin every day, right? And like to earn them in enough money mm. to earn insulin, you need to roll enough dice, or you need to perform enough tasks that day to earn money and stuff like that. But it's, it's sort of like, you know, fortunately in the UK, we don't have to pay for our medication, essential medication, that much. But in something like, well, like America, where I think the, the developer is based, um, gosh, what's the name? Damien. His first name is Damien. But um, it's just like this whole earning the gig economy just to stay alive. And it's portrayed in that, in a very futuristic kind of sense, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's it's very much these, you know, a lot of people's daily lives. And and even though I have a very much privileged life in the UK, it's, it, it, it hit home. And it's very, it was, it was just, it's kind of a depressing game, mm. but it's unlike Kentucky Route Zero, it's very uplifting, like. The endings in this game because you're on this kind of spaceship and you can decide what your future is there as this alien is basically an illegal immigrant who's just landed there and you can earn your way into a bit more success into comfortable housing into having a job or you want to leave for a better life because there's a spaceship going to another planet and potentially there's life there you just don't even know mm. but it's just it, it it kind of runs out of runway in that sense when you start to earn more money and it's just like, okay, I'm I'm on a monopoly board and I've wiped out everybody else. I have hotels on every corner. Right. And it's like I'm, you know, I'm I'm cool. But even so it's just like it, it sort of have a, has these narrative arcs with so many different characters who are brilliantly portrayed, like in the art. Like such diversity and like characters and their art and stuff like the art is incredible but um every single uh ending that you choose because i think there's about six um, different paths that you can choose every single one of them is rewarding and it doesn't feel like nice. you're punished mm. for like the, the decision you chose at all mm. it seems like, because it gives you like you want to do this a very clear do you want to do this or do you want to like pull out of this do you want to be just like part of the machine and like part of the matrix <laughs> and just be in terms of, you know, going to this ethereal life and just forget your body that you were unfortunately assigned because you were a slave elsewhere and you're just like an automaton now mm. with a different personality traced on it. Like, I could do that. (laughs) Or I could just be like, no, I've just accepted this and all the bad things that come with it. And it's like, every single ending is just... It made me cry several different times. Wow. On several different endings. And no other game has done that. It's like, whatever decision I chose, it's just like, yeah, you could do that. And it would give me a perfectly, beautifully written like ending. Or I could just like back out from it and choose a different ending, and it would still give me a perfectly sat- satisfactory and yet mm-hmm. beautifully written 
ending otherwise. And it's just incredible. It's incredible nice. writing. And the gameplay is like, okay, you're just rolling dice and it's just, you know, luck-based sometimes, but that genuinely, like, matters to the story mm. and, the, uh, and what it's trying to portray. Um, I think that's where it probably betters it over Norco and why I chose it over Norco, because Norco is just simply guided by the experience, guided by the writing. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is like a bit more choice, but you don't regret any of those choices. Yeah, I think think if... I think this game will mean more to me in the future. Mm. (laughs) Try not to cry. But it will, like Elden Ring. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. This is what I could have done with like 20 years ago and thinking what a game for. Sorry. No, Mike. Go for it. That makes me definitely need to play it. Absolutely. And it's it's insane that it elicits like that level of emotion. Even like, like when you're playing it, you can like, you get that. There's not many things with film, books, or otherwise, no. which you think like you know, a month out of playing it, two years out of playing it, there are some things that absolutely hit, yeah. and it's this absolutely did. it's it's insane. Oh, yeah. it, it feels like it's insane that that comes from a game that you know it's not like it that, that's something that's almost like exclusive to novels of people being like this is it does. You know, this is the yeah. thing that's absolutely changed my kind of you know I was sixteen and I read. X, and it just changed the way that I think about things, and it's stuck with me since. Um, there may be a handful of films that have done that for some people as well, and we talk about games in a way where we're like, "This mechanic was great, and it's going to push us on to better things." We we talk about the three of us. We talk about lots of narrative in in games, but very much in a yeah that that was cool. We you know this is this is very good in its excellent writing. But even us who look for those narratives rarely get to a point where we go, this is really fucking hit. You know, there's a couple of things mm-hmm. like Florence and, and, and stuff like that, yeah, which, yeah. you know, really have done that. And it's to, to, to have something like Citizen Sleeper, I think, is absolutely insane. Um, that it's that it's it's hit you so much as well. Yeah. Uh, like, um, yeah. Kentucky Route Zero should have hit me this hard, you know what I mean? Like, it's yes, like yeah. Something that I grew with. Like something I didn't understand when it first came out. I was like, what the hell is this? This is not a point-and-click adventure game. This is just like walking through scenes. But like, I'm so glad I played that through the, you know, before the pandemic. Otherwise it would have broken me. <laughs> you know yes, I mean? yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I I remember like uh, Red Dead. I mean, Red mm. Dead hit hard and stuff like Red Dead 2 and stuff mm. like that. It's just like, yeah. Sitting in the sleep, it was just like, yeah, Elden Ring didn't make me cry. It made me cry. Like, why is this thing still <laughs> in a very different me? way? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, frustration cries are definitely yeah. more the from yeah. soft way. Yeah. But thank you, thank you, Ben. Thank you. It's yeah. a great game. Uh, it, um, the guy who made it, um, I think I think he did most of the writing, most of the program, maybe not the art, but it was the same guy who did um, In Other Waters, which I really mm. liked the other year. Which was just completely a narrative game. Didn't really have any visuals or 
not many mechanics though. So yeah, he, he's just on and off and up trajectory. But absolutely. So uh, I did quickly scroll through the store page and um, jump over the age who is the developer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. The description is: It's a one-person game development studio, founded by Gareth Damien Martin. Yeah, and then and the game, a yeah, the game was then developed along with uh, uh, Guillaume Singlin, who did character mm-hmm. art, and Amos Rohde, who yeah, did music and sound. Yeah, character art is incredible. So, and the sound, like the soundtrack, is just—it's very sad. So maybe every time I hear that, it just triggers me. It's just like okay. potentially, maybe. yeah. In a in a great way. Sometimes we need yeah. that. Sometimes we need yeah. that. That we need that release. Not to get too into that. We we absolutely need that release. I was um I was wrapping Christmas presents last night, and again, uh, I don't know whether I shared this on the podcast or whether it's just been between the the three of us. With my dad dying a couple of weeks ago, I was I was wrapping Christmas presents last night, and I just fucking went. It's just it's just, it's those moments, isn't yeah. it? That that yeah. you can yeah. then just relate back to. Which just absolutely hit you. So to to get that from a game is so fucking special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's where my game of the years, other than Inscription, was just actually crazy. <laughs> yes. Where where a lot of game of the years have just taken me. It's like Elden Ring is like yeah, yeah. This is like what an open world game. More everything that I could have hoped for like a long time ago, but mm-hmm. it's not going to help me going forward. Like. Understanding my emotions and everything like that is, is what's going to help me, which mm, is yeah. depressing because I'm getting old <laughs> and different <laughs> things are mattering. Those scary than, emotions. Yeah. I flipping hate that. I'm crying at like RuPaul's Drag Race, <laughs> like, for God's sake. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> God help me when I hit menopause. It's going to be a mess. Can you imagine, like, I, I don't know, Resident Evil 17, where it's like. <laughs> Wesker turns good is going to have me a blubbering mess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Silent Hill for remake the room slash <laughs> remake two pyramid heads redemption. The remake or something of like. the remake yeah. of Resident <laughs> Evil. More like the three. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's a good it's that's a good place to round us up uh, for you. the episode. Um, it's been a year. Uh. Yep. You know, for for all of us personally, for games, for fucking everything, there's been lots of changes this year. Uh, uh, lots of stuff that I hope you've enjoyed living through with us for this year. We'll, of course, be back next year with more games and more fucking... No, there's no more games. That's it. Yeah, we're just, just a general <laughs> chat podcast now. There's no more breweries. They've all gone bust. There's no more games. Uh, we've played all the best ones. We're just going to talk next year about fucking life. So come and join us each and every week, yeah. as you should. Um, we won't round out the beers. We've had a couple this episode, um, which I think We're from great. kind of initial tastes, we've mm-hmm. enjoyed um, to varying degrees. But you can get us in all the normal places at Tax of Cast, uh, at outoflives.net, and everywhere that you want to try and find us, whether Twitter exists very soon. Um, there's, we don't have a Hive account because it doesn't work with companies and multiple accounts and these kinds of things. So yeah, other social platforms which uh, have have started to creep up. Um, It's our end of year show. We are finishing out for the episode. So uh, is there anything either of you would like to impart a small thing, 
a game that people should play, a movie that people should watch, anything that you would oh, like to just movie. leave us on think, for the year? Movie, I think a deal will echo. R R R. Oh, Go fuck, yeah. That. I forgot that was this year. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Oh, yeah. Arr, arr. Sorry, I was going That's from, like, the, the very yeah. emotional, dramatic um, discussion <laughs> of Citizen Looper. Um, RRR was one of my favorite theater-going experiences of all time, and it's still great, not in the theater. It's also I'm, conveniently anti-colonial. I stood up shouting like this yeah. at home. Oh, I can't even so imagine good. what it was being at this. <laughs> um, and if you haven't seen Bahubali 1 and Bahubali 2, which are on Netflix, which are the previous things I'm by the director, do that as well. I'm going to. <laughs> but, but, but other than that, as always, love you too. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. always a highlight. Heck, it's the highlight of most of my weeks when I'm not fucking gallivanting <laughs> around getting the flu somewhere else. <laughs> no, hilariously, I was no. in Bristol and got the flu, but couldn't record last week because I was in Bristol, so I wasn't near, you know, stuff like webcam and man. And it's, I, I'd echo that, and it's 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 the thing that that, that you know pulls you through those yeah. emotional it moments in life as well. And I I wouldn't fucking trade this in just hanging out with my friends and fucking yeah. chat shit yeah. absolutely absolutely and you listener come and talk to us we've got a discord hit one of us up I'm at Nova underscore 47 Adel is at the Omniarch Lucy is Juicy Loose 9 I think that's all the shit I need to impart on you and tell you <laughs> go have yourself a good holidays and a happy new year listener absolutely have yes. a lovely winter break enjoy yourselves eat too much drink too much if you don't celebrate the winter break just enjoy yourself anyway. Play some games. Yeah, hang out. Work hard. Don't work hard. Enjoy your family. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Love you all. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye. Ciao. <laughs>